Hello and welcome to episode 131 of the Paropod. You're here with your hosts yet again, myself, Mark, and me, Owen, himself. Um, yeah, how are you all doing, guys? Uh, we're back again. Um, this week we're talking about City of God, Cidade de Deus, as our Brazilian friends would would, would say. A Brazilian film from 2002 um, about, uh, you know, a gang war, basically, in a favela in Brazil. Um, and we'll be talking about that a bit later on. It's considered one of the greatest films of all time, by some people, Brazilians mainly. Uh, but it's also hugely influential in like, many different areas. Um, apparently, it actually influenced Brazil's actual like government policy in relation to poverty alle- alleviation and things like that. Like Lula really? da Silva watched the film as was inspired um, he's I, like, oh shit, things are really bad. Yeah, well, he's inspired by other things as well. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you watch the film, he's like, yeah, this is the director said all this, by yeah. the way. So the director says that the 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 president of Brazil watched this film, and he was like, things are so bad down there. We need to do something to address what this film is saying. Uh, so that's the kind of impact that the film has. We're going to discuss that later, of course. Yeah, I, we'll get onto it later on. But like, is it? It's. Like obviously, it's the biggest Brazilian film. Oh yeah, ever made. One hundred percent. Biggest South American film ever made. Yeah, like I can't really. Is it? We're definitely leaving something massive. I know, but like, there's probably none of them as big as City of God. No, no. Um, it didn't make like billions or anything like that. No, but it made like thirty mil. Yeah, but it's like you know widely well known. Yeah, yeah. Um, like in terms of like in terms being, of fame. In terms of fame. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think, is there any like, what's the the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie? Well, I was gonna say, uh, like, what's, what's the first massive foreign language film? Like what? Like I'm not talking like any Bergman films or anything like that. Mm. Like international fame that, like you know, like Americans were like, look at this yeah. crazy film and yeah, it with it's subtitles. Like, yeah, like it's basically a subtitle film that normies could watch. <laughs> yeah, what is the first foreign language film <laughs> that, that normies could like? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, how about how far back did those go? You know, because um, uh, this is two thousand and two. Like, I feel like there surely had to have been one before that. There had to have been, um, like Memories of Murder. Was that not two thousand one, two thousand two? That was think, big. Yeah, but it was not as big as City. It abroad. wasn't as big as yeah, true. Yeah. Um, old boy, old, old boys, boys after it's like two thousand three. Yeah, I think it's about after. I feel there definitely was one. There was like maybe Jap the Ring. Yeah, the ring. Or Ringu. Yeah, some like yeah, probably some Japanese film. Yeah, it's maybe Japanese, um, because Russian films wouldn't got to play really, or a French film. Actually, it's it's definitely a French film. It's definitely a French. It's one hundred percent a French film. But I, I just can't think of any. I can't think of any. <laughs> La Haine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La Haine. So yeah. Like 90, 96, 95. 97, Around that, yeah, mid nineties. Yeah, quite early. But even still, like that's still mid nineties. Like fucking. Yeah. I feel like there has to be a massive film from like the eighties or seventies that we're just not thinking of. There definitely is. Yeah. yeah. Like what are the, what any like a Kurosawa film? Not really. I don't think. Seven don't Samurai. Think, I don't know the history about that film, but I don't. I don't think it was. It got remade. It's basically. Yeah, so like it can't have been. Yeah, like the Americans was like, well, we'll just take this because no one's seen this film. Yeah, we'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spanish movie maybe? No, there's no Spanish movies. Really. Yeah, not really. Before two thousand. Yeah, that's like the first one is Wreck, which is that found footage zombie film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the first one. Isn't that two thousand? It's quite early. Yeah, it's quite early like in the that. game. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyway, Celia God right. is is probably the big, uh, you know, it's, it's the behemoth. It's mm-hmm. the one that they all measure themselves up to. Well, you know, the ones in that specific genre. Uh, but yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk about that later. 100%. 100%. Keeping it 100 on episode 131. <laughs> the realest episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one we've all been waiting for. Yeah. We've been um, bullshitting this entire way through. Uh, this is the first one where you actually hear our genuine thoughts about things. Our honest opinions rather than what we think people want us uh, to say based yeah. on uh, our preconceived you know, ideas of what you preconceive about us. Yeah. <clears throat> this time we're going to be actually 100% real. Um, legitimate, uncut, um, nude, you know, <laughs> Paropod <laughs> uncut. Yeah, we're literally sitting here naked in front of each other, we're exposing it at all. It's some kind of art piece, I read about it in a Werner Herzog autobiography. Yeah, so how how was your week, oh, it's, been, it's been two weeks. It's been, been two weeks. Yeah, oh, fuck, I fucked up. <laughs> What happened? I, I don't know why. I I think I looked at my time to for college and I was like, Grant, I got like another two weeks off because um, I was like flicking through the dates and like there was nothing for January. You just didn't show up for college. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wake up at 10 to 10 on Monday from texting to the group chat being like, hey guys, can't wait to see you at 10. I was like, what? And I looked at the schedule. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I missed my first day back in college. Um, But, you know, I was back in on Tuesday, so it was all good. Did your college crew send good morning texts? It was more so like, Hey guys, get ready for semester two. Like you know, oh, yeah, like yeah. you know, because it's only a year long course. So I was like, yeah, we're gonna smash our final semester. Yeah, yeah. Even, though nice. even though technically we've got three semesters because last semester is just doing our final project. But yeah, it was just like, can we see you all at ten? I was like, well, I won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> you just replied immediately. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna be there. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I literally texted him. I was like, I will not be there. I thought we had still two more weeks off. <laughs> oh, dire, dire, dire scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I miss my, uh, I miss a few tutorials actually as well over the Christmas period. It's too easy. It really is, really is. Because um, like, it's, like, is it, is it, is it, are we the problem or is like DCU just have a bad, or whatever universe we go to, does it just have a bad, you know, uh, communication system? I don't know, because like in my old job, like, because I used to work in a college and yeah. we would send out an email reminding students yeah, yeah. being like, semester two starts now. Here's your timetable attached to the email. Mm. Being like, this is your first day back. This is the time. You know, all that type of shit. DCU literally were like, here's your your timetable will, will be available um, uh, end of December. <laughs> yeah. You're and on even, your own. And even at that, <laughs> it was still changing up until a week beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So like... Mine okay. was mine was the same. We had one... It's before the course even started. So half people hadn't even signed up yet. Mm. It's back in August. Um, I just got it. I signed up on the day, so I got given the link like an hour beforehand. Hopped in, and uh, you just, it was just the 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 chair of the course going through a lot of slides. Like mm. this, is what you're gonna be doing? These are your modules. Yeah, this is your timetable. The timetable was just like a rough draft. It was like there's gonna be two classes in October, uh, four classes uh, in November, or like stuff like that. You know, mm. uh, like w- with these modules, and then these modules are gonna be like this. But, like, it's all subject to change. Didn't have, like, any precise dates. Or, like, semester two is basically just, like, blank. Oh, who knows? It's just, like, it's just, like <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen in semester two. And, obviously, half the course weren't there. And then when, a, like, a tutorial is happening or, like, they change the, the date, they don't announce it anywhere. Um, and so, like, anytime I, I am, I'm in a class or I'm in a tutorial, a lot, like, the course is mainly people who are, like, quite a bit older than me, like, 10, 20 years older than me. Yeah. Um, so, like, half the class, it'd be a one-hour tutorial. It will go on for one hour and forty five minutes because they all need to complain about like they because they missed the class before this yeah and it's all different people each time because they're like 
because they missed a class before yeah and then the person that missed that class will be in the next class but the person who's complaining in the other one is like oh it's just so what i'm hearing mark is that you should just go in and complain be like i missed the last two classes because it was my fault yeah give me a pass <laughs> <laughs> that's um yeah because even like during this week we had a you know our our schedule was booked in for 12 for a class so we're all, all rock up at 12 lecture's not there we email the lecture and he's like uh okay yeah so they were trying to change the timetable again and it updated on the lecture side quick bef- before it changed on the student side so the day before our class was scheduled they were still changing things yeah and uh, he's just like uh yeah i'm i'll get this sorted you can now decide like would you rather 12 or 2 p.m 12 p.m please i'd like to finish early um especially because like it's video so we have to go out and around and video stuff, and that's clearly better to do in the middle of the day than it is when things start to get dark. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um. But even at that, like, I don't understand. Like, you know, I went to I went to the college, and I, I know how schedules work. Like, you can't be a pain in the hole, but fucking do it, bro. Get it done before. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> just do the work. Like, cause we like when I was working, we had to do it, the whole thing like before like mm. it was like here's all your dates these won't change unless someone is sick and at that we will reschedule or something like that or like it would be pre-recorded or something like that mm. but like seemingly in like you know big universities they do it they do it semester by semester mm. and even at that it's like like maybe it's just because it's a big university that they have staff changes and stuff like that so maybe like you don't have people you don't know who you're gonna have each semester I feel like mm. you would know that. I feel like you should. That just make it more important to have very clear lines of communication. Mm. Send everyone an email saying, "Okay, change to this to yeah. this time, whatever." You know. Don't know. Um, like I have to go into. Uh, I found out last week I had an assignment due on Wednesday, at like ten or something, and I was like, I was there, like sweating, trying to get it done, and then uh, I just read like an email from like like a week beforehand. It was like, and it was a, uh, it was someone had posted a question, like you know the announcements board. Yeah, yeah. And he go, I went into that. I was just like scrolling through, and then I found another thing where, I, which I didn't get an email about. It was just the lecturer saying, "Oh yeah, the assignment's like pushed back two weeks." <laughs> so then I was like, "You could have told me." You know? Yeah, you could have sent out an email. You could just sent, yeah, you could just actually sent out an email. Instead, we have to go through the fucking. It's like Facebook for DCU people. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Why do I have to go through this thing? You know. Um, silly, silly stuff. It's all the public money they get. Yeah, they used to be sitting around. Make uh, them, them lazy. <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah, we'll get to that. This uh, your class tomorrow. Don't know about that. Don't know. We'll Don't see. know if that's going to happen. We'll see. We'll Just see. show up and hope. <laughs> hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Because we one of, in the video thing, we had to go around and like do like quick little interviews and asking people, what's your news or, or like what are you doing for your news resolutions? Every single person was like, I'm not actually doing anything. So I think New Year's resolutions. So this is not a thing anymore. People aren't nervous being better versions of themselves. And why? Why should you? You're perfect how you are. Is that what you said in the video? No. <laughs> that would be a good take on this, the video. This is my message to the to the listener. You don't, you don't need to improve yourself. You gra- you're grand the way you are. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, there's no point trying to be better. Maybe read a little bit more. That's it. Yeah, that was. it's not my resolution, but I, I just generally want to do that. Yeah. But I, I've been doing that for... I've been wanting to do that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> but sure look. Yeah, no, but I, I've, I've had loads of people come up and ask. Well, not loads of people, like, you know. Queuing up to ask Mark what's your resolutions, Mark. We need to base our choices off you. Oh yeah, I've had quite a few people ask if I have res- resolutions, and they usually do. But I don't. I don't have any. I feel kind of left out. Yeah, fair. Anyway. You're, Mark, you're perfect the way you are. Thank you. You don't need to change. Maybe go back on the drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Michael, what have you been watching this past two weeks? Um, so I watched a number of things. I actually watched too many things, and I actually forgot some of the things that I watched. It happens. Um, but yeah, so I watched a film that, which you've watched before. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them. Wait, which one of them? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of <laughs> them. Both of them. <laughs> um, Creep. Creep. Okay, you're going to go Creep. Creep. I've, I've watched Creep 1 and Creep 2. I haven't seen Creep 2. Um, so Creep 1. I forgot I've seen the other films you we were going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen them all, except I haven't seen your films. Um, now so we yeah. know who the real movie watcher is. Yeah, yeah, the movie watcher has entered the chat. So Creep 1. Creep 1 is a found footage film, horror film. Um, thank you. Which is available on Netflix, of course. Um, it's got that Netflix. Oh, no, it's it, Disney Plus, isn't it? No, it's on Netflix. Sorry. I watched on Netflix. Again, I don't have Disney Plus anymore. Again, I, 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 I cancelled my subscription. Again, I'm thinking about the other film that you watched. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. that's true. I watched that on a different thing. Yep. But anyway, Creep 1, it is a film, a found footage horror film, um, directed by the by a guy who's in the film. And yeah. it's also stars some guy called Mark Plas, which for some reason his name just sticks in my head. But anyway, he's it's the main good name. He's basically the main character. So it's about this videographer who's down on his luck he's you know penniless he's he's he went to he did got an arts degree in college and he's nothing going on you know so he needs money he gets on craigslist and he goes um and he he responds to this ad easy money looks like thousand dollars to film me i have terminal cancer and i want to film like basically a goodbye video for my uh, son who will who's like unborn and will outlive me obviously and i won't be able to you know uh, raise him i want to say goodbye or you know help raise him yeah beyond the grave so he like a meets, noble cause yeah noble cause sounds like a, sounds like a nice easy money basically for a for a, a videographer such as himself and so he goes out and he meets this guy in like a remote location and um, and it's just him and this guy his name is joseph and the videographer's name is aaron and the whole film is shot pov from aaron's point of view obviously and it, it's just, it's 90 minutes of him slowly and then very, very quickly <laughs> <laughs> understanding that this guy is, there's something seriously wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that something is not right. Is he, is he, uh, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Is he uh, a weirdo? He's a bit of a strange character, yeah, I'd say. That. A he's strange a, dude. He's an uh, odd duck. An odd duck, an oddball. He's an oddball. A weird cunt. Yeah, he's, he's a character. Yeah. A creep, you might oh! say. Oh! That's the title of the movie. Yes, yes. That's what he actually he he drops he drops the title. Uh, I'm a bit point. of a creep myself. <laughs> what are we? He some stares sort of... directly in the cat. What are we? Some, some kind of some, some kind of creep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yes, yeah, the whole it's like it starts kind of slowly. I just kind of feel unsettled, and um, because it's like this guy's just weird. He just acts strange. He has this kind of weird look about him. The 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 character there, the your man Mark Duplass playing. Joseph, the creep, does a really good job, I think, for the most part, um, of portraying the subtleties of it at first, and then um, the complete and then opposite go- end of that, and then he goes ham because he starts telling all these stories to uh, Aaron about like you know he's like very troubled and um, it's like people committing suicide. And, I don't know. I actually can't I can't really remember because I, I remember the, the second one's fresh in my mind. But he goes off and all these, like, uh, you know, spinning these yarns. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of inconsistent. Aaron's getting a bit, like, a bit antsy. He's like, what the fuck is happening here? Um, 
and then he has this really weird story where they're like they're doing they're they're like drinking and he wants to do this big monologue um basically saying nearly saying goodbye to his son and he reveals this really dark secret where um your your man Joseph reveals this this he tells this story of this time that like I don't know it's some fucked up thing about his wife having sex with a wolf and then he goes in and like rapes his own wife and it's like what the fuck was that story about it also has nothing to do with the film it doesn't come back into it at all except for the fact that he's yeah, like, he's the he wears, wolf guy yeah where's the wolf but he's just spinning all these crazy stories and obviously aaron hears the story and he's like i'm getting the fuck out of here <laughs> what the fuck is <laughs> like and like you you made a good point before the the start of the show where it's like at this point it's like this guy's clearly a serial killer get out of there uh or there's like something he's always he's obviously going to murder you and he tries to leave, but he can't. And it's like kind of back and forth. And he has this whole thing where he puts on, uh, uh, Joseph puts on this mask. He puts on this wolf mask. Yeah. Um, it's like the most iconic scene from this film. Yeah, yeah. I'd never actually seen it. I've seen it like... But now I see it more, obviously. Yeah. Because um, the algorithm or whatever. Um, I just remember, I just know the... the, the a lot of you probably know the, the poster of yeah. the guy standing with the backlit. Yeah, just at the top of the stairs. Whatever yeah, it looks like the thing nearly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they have this kind of weird chase scene where Joseph is, is um, role-playing as a wolf, you know, as the predator. And Aaron is obviously the prey. And they're trapped in this house all alone. And Joseph has his car keys. Um, this is after Aaron tries to drug him with Benadryl or something uh, to make him fall asleep. It doesn't work. Yada, yada, yada. film goes on for another like half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. Where it's like a cat and mouse thing. Um, because Aaron escapes. He ends up escaping. It's not immediately apparent. Because it's all kind of told, it's called it's told quite well from like a found found footage um, standpoint, I think. You know, yeah, because it, it all it all does make sense, even though for the most part you're just seeing a close up of this character Joseph, because um, the director of the film is the character Aaron, yeah, um, and then from that from once Aaron escapes, you see uh, this footage of Joseph. Uh, out in the woods on like a like a summer's day or whatever and he's just got a big bag and he's like lugging this bag up a hill this big heavy bag and then he starts like digging like digging a hole and he's digging a hole for like two or three minutes and you're mm-hmm. like is this the end of the film yeah what the fuck is this yeah, yeah but you know he's just sent a threatening videotape to Aaron and Aaron's, yeah. Aaron's filming it and it's like it's like a, I, I like to kind of clever like two second parts of the film yeah. and it's a cat and mouse thing and basically it ends up with the inevitable kind of ending that mm-hmm. you imagine is going to happen where Aaron believes that uh, this guy is a really really strange character bit of a creep but he is fundamentally he's like ill mm-hmm. but he's not fundamentally a bad person that he's like he's actually there's there's something wrong like there, there was a I point fix him <laughs> yeah there's a point when he's in the house and I think someone calls Joseph phone or he he gets the phone or something and it's like it's a uh, it's supposedly his wife, Joseph's wife, who he always talks about. And Aaron's on the phone. He's like, oh, like, what's going on with Joseph? Like, we're up here in your, like, chalet in, like, the hills. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, oh, like, you like you need to leave. Like, you, le- you need to leave now. He's, he's really sick. So based off that interaction, Aaron believes that this guy is just ill. Mm. And that he's, he believes the best in him. But obviously, the end of the film, Joseph betrays him. Obviously, Joseph is not his real name. Um, and it turns out he has this whole kind of, like huge uh years long career of of murdering people and like luring people over craigslist and plays into this whole kind of 
internet killer, Craigslist mm-hmm. uh, killer kind of um, phenomenon that was coming out. Or it's probably more like kind of uh, relevant, culturally relevant at the time. It's a 2014 film. Um, but I thought it was a good little horror film. Like, I thought yeah, it was all right. It's grand. I like, guess nothing... I hadn't heard a lot about it. You've seen it before, right? Yeah, I've seen it before. I thought it was all right. Like, I don't know. I just saw so much hype about the film online. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, sorry. Like, it's a, it's a grand found footage horror film. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think that this or Be My Cat is better? Because they're quite similar-ish. Uh... This is more digestible, definitely. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I, I like you can watch this with someone else. It's like, oh, it's like you meet some random person. Oh, I like horror films. All right, you want to watch Creep together or whatever? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be like, let's. I have this great film for you. Be my cat. Yeah, because uh, you don't know if they're gonna like that. Yeah, because that's a totally different thing. Yeah, because it's way more realistic and uh, way more potentially upsetting and uh, like disturbing. <laughs> definitely much more so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I think Creep is really disturbing. Or could be, uh, but it doesn't have that element of like real, like the gritty realism that Be My Cat has. Yeah, it really like, it just doesn't. Like your man is a good actor, and you can tell he's acting. Yeah, though obviously, like it's a good performance, but he's still, he's still clearly an actor. Yeah, um, and just the whole setup, like there is that. There's no with 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 Be My Cat. There's a suspension of disbelief in that you know you're watching a film, but like mm-hmm. beyond, like if you just found that, on, like <laughs> what lively, the fuck yeah, is this? You'd be like, what is that creep? Obviously, it doesn't have that doesn't have that factor to it and the second one is a, is a decent continuation i actually appreciated this the first film more after watching the second one but i don't know whether it's, it's because i got comfy with the characters mm. or the kind of the style of the film yeah rather than the actual content of it because yeah. i didn't i because see like the first one when i finished watching it, i was like this maybe six that's a three star film I'd yeah say, you know three and a half maybe and then i watched the second one and i was like you know what the first one's pretty good i actually like the first one but I'm not a huge fan of the second one. So it's like, it's almost, I had to be around the characters a bit more or like the style or the form of the film rather than really being engrossed in what was happening and really being gripped by the story or um, just the, I don't know, the whole nature of the film. Because the second one is about uh, this YouTuber, <clears throat> Sarah, who's uh, desperate to go viral and she has this uh, documentary series called encounters which is like based on like you know the you know they're called like youtube documentarian kind of style where they go out like uh it was idubs had a huge with remember the, your man who's like full force he went off and interviewed a lot of hill people shout out to airsoft fatty airsoft fatty yeah yeah exactly yeah it's actually a really funny video um kind of a disturbing video as well yeah it gets real fucked up when they get to yeah your man, I can, robbers it's really good content. <laughs> That's it's so funny though. <laughs> but uh, she's basically trying to do something like that. But every time, every episode she tries to make turns out just be depressing, kind of boring. Yeah. And these char- these people are just sad, pathetic people. Um, sad weirdos. Not in an interesting way. So she sees this guy, who's basically he's just offering money, and he's clearly a weird guy, and he's on Craigslist. And he just wants to make a documentary about himself. And he's it's like a within the description, he's like, you know, do you make sure you do not scare easy? And she's like, all right, I'll, I'll get into this. And he, he offers to pay as well. So she, she's like, I'm going to make this next next episode of uh, Encounters. And she gets to the gaff, and immediately, the character from the first film, Joseph, is now presenting himself as Aaron, the guy he killed. Oh shit! And oh yeah, so he's a document. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's. So does that mean that Joseph was? 
a man that he killed was the the previous victim. The previous victim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's like clever. It's like oh, there's a serious lore here. Yeah. But also, th- thirty nine people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. That's a lot of videographers. There can't be that many videographers in, well, L.A. I suppose. But yeah. But anyway, immediate. She steps in the door and he immediately starts going on about like, so I'm a murderer. Like I'm technically I'm a serial killer because of the amount of people that I've killed. Thirty nine people I've killed. Uh, but I don't like to be described as a serial killer. I'm a murderer. It's an art. Um, but I'm, I like to make this documentary because I've reached a point of crisis in my life where the thing I felt like I was made to do, like my vocation, I don't feel the same passion for it anymore. So I used to rip people open. I'd look at their entrails and I'd commune with God and I'd see all these flowers and petals and uh, I'd see the universe in, in, the, in, their, in their guts. Uh, but now I, I feel nothing. It's a transactional relationship with my victims. Um, and she interprets it kind of as like, oh, he's just fucked in the head. He's playing a character. And she tries to play along with it. That's the same kind of cat and mouse dynamic back and forth. But she's a much more she's a much more um, difficult mark, basically. Yeah. Because um, she doesn't scare. She actually doesn't scare easy. Like, she tries to match him to every level. And even when he withdraws or he like he gets a bit, or he tries to escalate, she'll escalate with him. Or withdraw with him, or like pull him back up and try to get him more, uh, more agitated. Um, but it is basically a very similar thing. And they briefly become like intertwined at the end, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. But I, I I actually preferred the first one. Yeah. Okay. But I'm I also gonna, didn't. Gonna, I didn't one hundred percent like the first one when I first I'm watched watch it. the second movie. Then. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you didn't like the second one more than the first one, there's no fucking way I'm watching it. Well, I think it's something. You can stick on like it's not it's nothing crazy. It's just something you could stick on yeah. just to have because it's not a bad film. They're, neither of them are bad films, but they're just not. If there is hype, I don't see. I don't really see what the hype would be about because it kind of reminds me like you know the mumblecore horror films that that uh, remember your man Ty West would yeah. do and remember your next. A lot of the car- a lot of the actors in that and the, and the the production staff would have been involved in that kind of movement. Yeah, yeah. Which is like low budget horror films that are. You know, a lot of them were found footage. A lot of them were very, you know, it's just characters kind of like talking to each other in like remote places. Yeah, it's kind of like that, and um, but like slightly higher budget. What's your thought on like found footage films? Take it or leave it. Yeah, it, it really depends. It's just it's just a format, isn't it? Yeah, like it's, it really depends because like I've been thinking a lot about the the like the history of found footage films, especially after watching Be My Cat, because I think that like Be My Cat was one that was like. That's such a innovation, I guess, on like the format of what you could do with found footage. Like, if you get really meta with it, yeah, it like becomes something else. Because like, I always feel like, like you look back at like the history of found footage films, um, and depending on what you take as the first found footage film, most people say Cannibal Holocaust, but there's actually a film called The Connection from 1961, mm. um, which is like technically a found footage film yeah. it's like a it's like a mockumentary but at the start it says like oh i was given the these tapes and i've made this film so, oh okay yeah. so technically it's like a found it's found footage but like the style of it is a mockumentary so mm. it's like a technicality but um like you look at like the history of it and like all those films 
uh, you know, the fucking Cannibal Holocaust, the people literally had to go to court to prove that they weren't killed, that it wasn't real. Yeah, yeah. And they had Blair Witch, similar thing, people thinking it was real. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, after Blair Witch, the films didn't have to have this... um, They didn't have to pretend anymore that they were, you know, real. Like, that's... Like, a lot of those films, they give, like... Charlie Sheen famously watched, uh, you know, the guinea pig movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He watched Guinea Pig two and thought it was real and contacted the FBI. Charlie Sheen contacted yeah. the FBI. Yeah, <laughs> being like, I've, I'm after watching a snuff movie, yeah. and they investigate and they're like, there's a fucking writer and producer and there's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this thing got a cinema release and you, stuff. Like. You've seen them, haven't you? No, I've never seen them. Really? Yeah. I've no. seen screenshots. It's just yeah, I've a lot seen. Of gore, so yeah, people like I've seen limbs cut off. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's what the, that's all. Well, about. how did Charlie Sheen get? Like, why did he, he play, was pick that up? Given it by his mate, and I'm assuming that he watched it on like Michael some Jackson, mad fucking coke binge. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? <laughs> he just got power on yeah. his bean. <laughs> call the FBI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so like the found footage films, and then you have like August Underground, also like trying to be like realistic in yeah, its depiction yeah. of that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but again, that's like early two thousands. But I just think like after like Blair Witch films had to drop that, what you, the facades or whatever. Like is like you know this is fake. We know this is fake. Like, and then you get films like Chronicle. You get films like Cloverfield. You get films like the um the Dirties and stuff like that afterwards. Where it's like mm. it's a found footage film, but clearly what is being depicted is not real. Yeah, the Be My Cat is the closest, but the most recent film. Where uh, I feel like there would be just, but it takes advantage of the fact that it's a Romanian independent film. Yeah. Um, that didn't get a you know a big release at all. Yeah. And wasn't really seen a lot of festivals. Uh, it, like it, it, it leverages that to kind of revive that sense of realism. That, yeah, yeah. Like that question is like, is that yeah? Like it could it could be if you uploaded that on YouTube with some fucking. You know, like like the automatic uploads where it just has the date on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you could you could fool some people into thinking that was real. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it's harder and harder now. Um, so I don't know what like because that was the original kind of conceit of the whole genre, right? You yeah, know? like trick, like like found footage makes it look real, so you think that it's mm. realistic. Yeah. But like, does it have a future beyond that? Yeah, like I don't know, because I like, think again, like yeah, like. You got like people like um, Matt Johnson who did the Dirties, and then even more so with um, Operation Avalanche. I think the same that film, um, where like clearly you're watching a movie, but it's it's using the format to do something else. Mm. But again, like the Dirties is about like a fella. It's like you're watching a, a like a soon to be school shooter making a documentary or you know making movies, or whatever. Yeah. So like. Just like found footage, like that's again tied to the this whole conceit of like you're watching these weirdos who've made these movies and there's something fucked up with them. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I think you got the Paranormal Activity movies as well. But again, did people fall for Paranormal? Maybe they did. Did people fall for Paranormal Activity? Mm, I don't know. I was in cinemas. Yeah. So, so if something is in a cinema, it's just kind of this is alright. Yeah. This must be professionally produced. Yeah, surely this is not. It was a good. I've good example s- though. I've never seen Paranormal Activity. I've seen Paranormal Activity too, and it is one of the most boring films I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. So <laughs> I don't think I'm. I think I'm okay with not watching this genre or that yeah. um, series. Skin and Marink. Yeah. Well, that's what do you even, think of that? That's not even found footage though. It's just shot on a fucking shitty camera. 
is it? Yeah, like it's not found footage. It's not like uh, nanny cams or anything. That's not supposed no, to be. No, no, it's not. It's, CCTV. No, it's it's just a shit camera. Oh, they just use a shitty camera. All right, a shit cheap shit <laughs> camera to make it. Um, supposed to be like we talked about already, like wreck. Like that was yeah, like early two thousands. This is zombie movies, so clearly that's not real. But like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. I think the the found footage genre, like it's, it's a bit of a dead end, perhaps. Not, yeah, I don't know. It's just. There's just been so many shit ones. Because it's too easy to make. Yeah. You know? Like, they're, they're very cheap to make um, most of the time. Again, it's just the genre that as well is just like... Most... Most... Like, the vast majority of found footage films are horror. Yeah, Because yeah. obviously, like... Couldn't do a romantic comedy found footage film, you know? Yeah, that'd be fucking weird. Yeah. So, it has its limitations. Yeah. I think as well, the fact that it's found footage, so, like... It was... It had to be found to like yeah, yeah so we're like oh what happened to the person that made this yeah uh-huh. yeah so i don't know even like um yeah because even though you think that like the the history of like found documents in literature and stuff like that like yeah, that's yeah. that's it's the same same idea uh what would i say like narrative frame yeah like, yeah like dracula's written as letters yeah yeah um and there's there's a few examples like forgeries and stuff like literary forgeries, or like I can't even think of of examples, but um, someone will go off and write a fictional account of something that was happening in the real world, but portray it as if it was real, it yeah. caused scandals and things like that. Um, it's kind of like uh, defakes, yeah, or fake news. Yeah, these days. yeah, yeah. But that's like. But that's kind of the same universe as found footage, you know? Yeah. Because it is, it's, it's an art. It is an artistic mode, but it's also like socially disruptive. Yeah. Whereas found footage kind of lost that. It doesn't really have that anymore. Yeah. If, if it ever really did, it's more for just for fun. But like you, you could have films in the future where it's just like, you know, here's Biden fucking a pig or something yeah. like that. You know, <laughs> uh, it does obviously be banned. But I don't, maybe there's something there that that could. Uh, would you could evolve. would you tie because I guess like the whole thing of again fan footage films like it's meant to be realistic but like and I like it can play on audiences that way like with stuff like um Orson Welles War, War of the Worlds and stuff like that yeah that's not fan yeah, footage yeah. but it's a similar same thing. idea yeah. same idea same where idea. you stumble across this thing and you think that it's real mm-hmm. um and like Ghostwatch have you seen Ghostwatch yeah yeah Ghostwatch yeah. yeah we did that in college yeah yeah like that's not even found footage but like it's the same thing of like. Yeah. tricking the audience into thinking that it's real. That thing really fucking worked. <laughs> like that, you couldn't get away with that these days. No, because people know straight away, like, there's no way this is real. But also, if you did, if the BBC tomorrow decided to broadcast a, a one-hour special or whatever, where they're like, um, you know, the UK is run by a secret cabal of fucking Illuminati pedophiles. People they're planning, believe it, yeah. They're planning to nuke London and all the civilian population centres. Or Iran is planning to nuke London. 15 minute special on BBC News um, just for a laugh like you would you the people involved would be put in prison like yeah you wouldn't like the only way yeah the only way that you could do that is if you faked something like you know like a terrorist attack or something like that yeah or like like an, like an alien invasion like obviously that wouldn't work really um, I don't know maybe an invasion could work maybe like what would actually work because obviously like even, yeah, even like terrorist attacks or like wars you couldn't even make that up before because it, it actually it was like public Order, disturbance yeah, yeah, don't or do that. You actually can't do that. 
It's always Alien, been illegal. Alien Invasion is possibly the only thing that you could is probably the only thing that you could do. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's stuff out out there about that. You ever listen to like there there was this radio station in uh in the US like in the early 2000s. Uh, it was Art Bell who did it. It was like this radio mm-hmm. host. Mm-hmm. He's just this crackpot chap who's just mad interested in paranoia. Like he do stuff about Bigfoot and like other crypto cryptids and stuff like that. That's, but he'd also do yeah. other like conspiracy. He's kind of like Alex Jones, but like way watered down. Yeah, he's just conspiracy radio host. But he'd also do stuff about um, aliens um, and the Area Fifty One. He'd always call it the, the Area Fifty One. It's very official sounding. <laughs> um, but there's like clips on YouTube uh, which are pretty pretty compelling to listen to. Where he's clearly gotten someone to call into the to the radio show and give like a really like realistic um emotional account of what they saw at the area fifty one yeah and why it's like a massive danger to uh the people listening like as we speak and gives like like a vaguely plausible scientific jargon ridden explanation for how the aliens got here and why they're not being revealed to the public yeah um and he's like the guy on the other end of the phone be like crying like panicking it's like they're like they're they're like closing in on me and our bell's like can you hear me can you hear me listener sorry sorry we're breaking up and it's like it's it's clearly choreographed but it's done so well mm. that it does make you actually like it, it does you actually suspend your, your whatever whatever yeah. disbelief is there you want to believe it's real because it's so compelling yeah so that's it, it does it is there but it's not really done anymore is it yeah yeah I think the only way as well that you could do it is if you had like a coordinated like Twitter upload as well of people at the scene uploading shit in real time. That that has to be that yeah. will definitely be a real thing, yeah. you know? Like deep fakes and stuff. Yeah, like something or like you know like it's like um we've reported that like especially on like this zombie outbreak that's happening and there's people uploading image like shit to twitter yeah. to like so if you you know if you want because obviously that's the thing as well like, people just immediately go into like instagram or whatever or like twitter to like check to see what people are saying and if they had people uploading stuff at the same time yeah or like just before and then you have this breaking news come on or something like that i don't know like something like that is like yeah. possibly the only way you could like trick people into doing it mm-hmm. yeah yeah some kind of like because they because then they people believe it and it would become real yeah it's like the it's like Burroughs had this, he had this line in one of his books where he's like, if you feed, uh, if you get like a crowd of people together and you feed the sound of a riot in over the speakers, it was like some kind of social experiment or like experiment that had been done in like South America or something like that in the middle of the 20th century. Get like a big crowd of people together and you feed in the sounds of a riot, the people in the crowd will just start like freaking out. Yeah. And just like, you know, riot, actually like the riot will become real just by, yeah. just by like the, the medium projecting this illusion of it being real um, and the people will actually turn it into reality but so that's just public dis- disorder again but, yeah that's the thing as well if you actually did do something like that there's a high chance that people would actually just start you know you get famous though yeah you would or somewhere else and also go to prison probably but you know <laughs> yeah like you'd be famous <laughs> yeah what are you mean for I caused uh, <laughs> <laughs> I staged an alien invasion <laughs> and people started going fucking mental yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know I think it's like something like that is supposed to be the only way that you could you know trick people into thinking that stuff is real mm. but I tell you you make money and you become famous doing it yep oh, I tell you um, yeah so I have been watching The Matrix Resurrections oh 
This is the 2021, 22, 21 or 22 Matrix requel, 20, remake sequel. Is it? I think it's 22. Mm. Possibly. I think it's 22. 21 or 22. I think it's late. If it's, 20, <laughs> if it's 2021, it is late 2021. Um, yeah, so this film came out and I knew much at the time and people were very mixed on this film. I heard people being like, this is like the perfect fourth installment to the Matrix franchise. And other people saying, this film was dog shit. So I was like, okay, so both people are right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a good thing. Yeah. You know? I was like, why is it dog shit? It's like, it's not a Matrix movie. It's like, oh, tell me more. Why is it not a Matrix movie? Um, So, you know, The Matrix happened. The Matrix was a pretty fucking big deal. Um. Huge. Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions are films that people don't like, but I think are actually pretty good if you get past, you know. It's because it's like, you know, and this film is a commentary on that, but like, it's because <coughs> when you watch The Matrix, you're like, action scenes, great action scenes and great, like, philosophical discussions and shit like that. It's like a perfect blend of those two things. Whereas the, the sequels are way more heavy on the philosophical discussions to the point where it kind of becomes a little bit of nonsensey, but they're still enjoyable. And the action scenes aren't as good outside of the the chase scene. There's a car chase scene in Reloaded that is fucking unreal. I will die on my grave saying that. <laughs> die on my grave. <laughs> <laughs> on your headstone. Yeah. Here lies Owen Thompson. You know, he, 1999 he to the scene in Matrix yeah. Reloaded was class. <laughs> 1999 <laughs> to 2024. <laughs> he thought that the, <laughs> the Matrix Reloaded had a, had a good fight scene in it. Um, so, like, this film comes out, and um, I just can't believe this film is made. Like, this is old news for anyone that has seen this film, but I don't know how Lily Wachowski made this fucking movie. So, like, Lily and Lana made the original trilogy, and Lana Wachowski was like, I don't really want to do anything with this. So Lily took on board and was like, I'm going to do this. And the movie she made, what the fuck? I don't understand how this one was made. This one starts off, and it is just the opening to The Matrix, like the first one. It's just that again, but like something slightly off. Like agents are getting out, and they're not Hugo Weaving. There are other people, and like, Okay, and you know Trinity is there, but it, it doesn't it doesn't feel right. And there's like people talking over, being like, "Oh, what the fuck is this? This is like a glitch, or like I can't remember what they call it." But they say that something, mm. and they transport into this, and there's a there's a character watching this scene of the Matrix play out, and she's like, "What the fuck? What is this? What's going on? Like, is that her?" And they're like, "No, no, this is just a." a loop this is like a training exercise for the agents to like you know get better or whatever like that mm. um so then she's like no no this means something he must be here this is a way for us to find him and like find who fast go to neo except it's not neo it's keanu reeves except it's not keanu reeves it's thomas anderson again thomas anderson who he was before he was neo and like what the fuck is this why does he look like this <laughs> and um He's a game designer, and he has made a incredibly successful video game franchise called The Matrix, and it is 
like the video game the matrix is the the matrix movie and you know sequels that you know and uh he's there like working for a company called binary and uh you know he's you know he's on one side of the binary and he wants you know switch over to the other side of the binary and um you know talking about all this type of shit and then he's called in by like the head boss of this corporation and the boss sits him down and is like, yeah, we need you to make a sequel to the Matrix trilogy. And Thomas Anderson's like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, the story's over. And the guy's just like, listen, go. Listen, bro. Top dogs uh, at Warner Bros. have come down. They want us to make a, a sequel to the to the Matrix trilogy. So, you know, money talks. The story's not over. You got to make a new one. I don't care how you do it. Remake it. Make a sequel. Do something like that. I don't care. We just need one. So, like, literally this film is saying... Listen, bro. Warner Bros. wanted this, so here you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's bold. The balls. The balls. The brass balls. And uh, so then you get a scene like it's like Thomas Anderson's living the same day in and in, in, in every day, and he he is being told that he is mentally un unwell, uh-huh. and that because his character Thomas Anderson believes. That the Matrix is real, but he's being told by everyone around was like, "No, you're just not well. Like the Matrix didn't happen. You're just you're just not right." Yeah. And Neil Patrick Harris is his um is his therapist being like, "Listen, just take just take these pills. You'll feel better." And they're blue pills, and you're just like, yeah, <laughs> "Nice, nice callback." Yeah. And he's you know he just keeps taking the pills, and oh yeah, sorry, I also forgot to mention that one of the agents um self-realizes that he is a combination of Agent Smith and also Morpheus. The agent is. Yeah. So one of the agents realizes like I'm no he's not he's like partly Agent Smith, but he's he's Morpheus. It's so this is the Morpheus of this film because Morpheus didn't come back right? Yeah Morpheus didn't yeah, come yeah, back. Yeah. But this is the Morpheus of the film and like I can't remember the guy's name. He's actually he's in stuff but I can't remember his name. Um and he's like yeah no I'm Morpheus let me help you out. We can go get we can go get Paul Thomas, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Where is this film going? <laughs> we can get this guy Man, what a film that'd be! And um, so then, uh, you know, they're making the the Matrix, you know, the fourth Matrix game, mm. and you know, all the developers are sitting around, and they're just like, we need to think back at like, what do people think about the Matrix? And it's a fast call. People being like, it's a trans allegory. It's a commentary on. Um, of anti-capitalism there's a guy going like it's about crypto fascism bro <laughs> and uh, all this different stuff that, like what people view the matrix as being and then this totally dude bro stands up and he's like nah we got it all wrong it's all about bullet time and he says you know doing the bullet time movement and then it's again it's intercut with the bullet time scene from the matrix and like showing clips of the matrix all throughout this and um so Thomas Anderson's like, what the fuck is this? And then he goes, um, something happens, I can't remember what it was, but he ends up going to the bathroom at one stage and Morpheus comes out and he's like, he starts saying the lines from the original film. And, you know, Neo at this, like, I'm going to start saying Neo because Thomas Anderson's too hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Neo is just like, what the fuck? And, Mor- and Morpheus is like, yeah, no, I know. I, I can't keep this up. That's too difficult to keep up. It's a good line though, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, so he starts to try and convince Neo that he is Neo and he starts to reject and then agents and like shit starts going on a fight scene breaks out and his boss looks at him 
as like this fight scene's going off and you start getting shots of Agent Smith again and the boss like picks up the gun and says Thomas Anderson and like points the gun and, and like now Agent Smith is actually been self actualized as well and realizes who he is again mm. and the boss is now Hugo Weaving but it's not Hugo Weaving it's just you know Agent Smith again and um, so then shit happens again Neil gets pulled out of the Matrix and you get the scene from the ma- so he's in the room again where he like you know red pill blue pill that happens again and the scene from the matrix is is playing on the background of that happening again it's like you need to make this decision again like you've been duped again you need to fucking self-actualize and realize who you are again neo we need you you're the one so he's like all right fuck it let's do this takes the pill wakes up is in the fucking pods again gets ripped out brought back to um it's a different place now it's not zion it's someplace else i can't remember what it's called and um, this new place, though, is... So the whole thing is like, you know... So what was the point of the Matrix re- revolutions? What was the point of Neo doing all this stuff? Fighting the 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 machines and shit like that. Like, this clearly didn't achieve anything. And they're like, no, you're actually wrong. Because a war broke out between the machines. Between the ones that wanted to, you know, enslave people. And the, peop- and the ones that wanted to free them mm. and now machines work a lot some machines work alongside them alongside the the rebels yeah yeah there's like rebel machines now they're like ah, listen yeah, like yeah. we can we can do this mm. and um there's like things like programs like agent smith or like morpheus now who is like just you know he's not there's no body to morpheus he's just living within the matrix can come out of the matrix with these little nanotechnology magnet thingies and they can walk around like they're like you know machines and shit like that so then he's just like well there's something wrong because i don't have trinity so we need to go back into the matrix and we need to get trinity out and make her remember and realize who she is so then that all plays out but it's just like this whole film and the film ends on a note that is <laughs> that is like, see you in the next movie. We're n- we know we're not getting another one because like yeah. this whole film's point is, fuck you for wanting a Matrix, you know, sequel again. This is what you get, and uh, we are purposely like not giving you anything that you wanted from the Matrix film as like a general audience to the people that knew there was a trans allegory <laughs> we see you this is what this film's all about yeah. it's all about you know crossing over the binary realizing who you are again after detransitioning and retransitioning and you know finding out that like who you truly are and you are powerful for who you truly are and all this type of stuff it's like mad <laughs> wait so Trindy never shows up no she does yeah she's in the Matrix as well there's clips of her the shot like scenes with her and uh, Neo but she has like uh, a different life ah. and they keep they keep them away because the so Neil Patrick Harris turns out to be like the big bad guy uh-huh. and he's like the the like creator of like the original Matrix they realized that it didn't really work and um, what the fuck was it they're like we realized that like mundanity or whatever like that wasn't enough to keep people in so we needed to give people the perfect balance of hope and also, um, the the way to keep people within the matrix was to I can't remember exactly what it was. It's something along the lines of um, giving people enough hope that things will get better, but nothing ever gets better, and things will only slowly get worse. Yeah, and like that's 
like you know that's like the commentary on this one was like we know how to keep people in the matrix now and keep them just give them enough hope that things will be better uh-huh. but nothing will ever actually get better wait that's the message that's like well, that's how they keep you trapped in the matrix yeah 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 and you gotta yeah. realize that like you need to latch on to that hope and like push forward through that hope break through the yeah. pod man yeah that, that's, yeah that sounds really cool I yeah. have to say I did not hear anything about this film at all. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't hear, uh, like, a whisper. I, I assumed you'd seen it and didn't like it. No, I'd never seen it. Because um, I don't know anyone else who's seen it, I don't think. No one's ever said it to me. I haven't seen anything about it. On, I just remember when it came out, it was very, very polarized in terms of how it was received. Uh, people either kind of liked it, based on what I read, or they didn't like it at all. Yeah. So I just assumed, it was like, oh, it's just kind of a shit sequel. Yeah, it's not. But, I, but that, yeah, that sounds... Like a totally different ball game, you know. Um, like the whole, I like it kind of makes you want a sequel, but you know that's the kind of the point of the thing, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Lana, or like, Lana. Get out of the Matrix, man! Make the Matrix real. Lily Wachowski knew what she was doing with this film, and she's like, "Warner Bros., you wanted a sequel, well, I fucking gave you one, you fucking dickheads." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. Well, why didn't uh, Lily? I don't Which know. I don't like, think. She's, I think she's like, ah, oh, I did that. I've been. I did the Matrix. I don't want to do that again. Yeah, that's like, a pretty cool way to go out, though. Yeah, because they don't. They don't remake any other films. Do they? they make like some stuff. Like they had a TV show like a while back called Sense Eight. Is that oh one? yeah, my dad watched that for some reason. I've never seen it, but apparently he, it's really good. My dad liked it. Yeah. So, but I only got one season and cancelled. Yeah. But apparently it's like great. I just never seen it. Yeah, it made 160 mil off 200 mil budge yeah so so there'll be no bombs. sequel there um but yeah no that sounds really interesting i have mm. to say it sounds sounds like a real yeah like uh, you know obviously matrix is very very meta but like meta meta yeah meta know? meta there's a word for that but i can't remember what it is but yeah no that sounds really cool i have to say i, I must say i must say i must take that on at some point my mom really likes the matrix so. yeah it's on amazon prime Oh, I still have that, so I'm going to say yeah, that. So, yeah, so, yeah. I'll stick it on, I say. Yeah, tell you what. Oh, the fire is on. Knock back on that fire. Will we go for a quick break? Why not? Mark, you watched something else. I also, I watched Barbarians. Barbarian. Barbarian, sorry. Singular. Yeah, because I misspelled on a docket. Anyway, I watched Barbarian, which I hadn't seen before. I heard a lot about it. Oh, sorry, no, I hadn't heard a lot about it. I, I had a, an impression of it, which was false, uh, because I watched a trailer for it in a cinema maybe like two years ago. And alongside this trailer, it was like it was a, some horror film. Maybe maybe it was a film that we've seen, but it was some horror film, and it showed a Barbarian, and it showed Bones and all. And I remember watching these trailers, and I was like, together, combined, they might make an interesting film. <laughs> it's like the, like the actual, like the... the the interest factor in both trailers is like, I might be interested if it was, you know, amalgamated into one trailer. If Timothy Chalamet was in Barbarian, oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, if he replaced Skarsgård, it changes the fucking game. But no, um, I just, I thought both look kind of mid, and I thought they were afraid. Did you watch Bones and all? I did not know. I don't know. Apparently it's alright. Yeah, apparently it's pretty good. Apparently it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah my, my Carl said it was pretty good. Um, but I watched Barbarian tonight because I think you'd said it to me before that it was pretty good. Yeah, I watched it last year, year before. Yeah, we might have talked about it before. I watched it on Halloween. I think it was part of my Halloween binge from 2022. Yeah. 
But yeah, in short, it's really good. Yeah, I thought it was. It's really solid, solid horror film. Yeah, like it's just solid. It's like I think this film is old enough that we can actually go into spoilers. We don't have to spoil. No, we can go into spoilers. Ah, yeah, when absolutely. I, when absolutely. I watched it, like I didn't go into it. I was just like, oh, this is a crazy fucking film. But like yeah. now that it's fucking two years old, like we can fucking spoiler. If yeah. you want, if you haven't seen Barbarian, go watch it and come back. <laughs> Take about yeah, two stick, hours. <laughs> yeah, pause this. Go watch Barbarian and then come back. Um, yeah, because I it might have been you that said there was like some mad twist, but thankfully it wasn't spoiled for me because the, yeah. the, the, this is like one like a really really good twist. Like, a yeah. genuinely very good twist. Is it a twist, or is it just a sharp left turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but are those different things? Yeah, you know? I don't know. Because it's not like... It is a twist, but... I don't think... The word twist doesn't justify... Justify, because it comes in, like, you know, 40 it's, minutes into the film, or, like, half an hour into the film. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a fish hook. It's not even, like, a turn. It's yeah. like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> like, this film is, like, going this direction. All of a sudden, it's going in there. It's like, it's, it's, like, it's turning back in on itself. It's very good. It has um, what's his name? Alexander Skarsgård. That's not his name, but it's one of the Skarsgård brothers, Pennywise, who's from yeah. it. And it has uh, I don't know the actress's name. Justin Long is in it as well. Justin Long is also in it. it bizarrely, you wouldn't think that for the first hour of the film, but it has uh, the setup is basically this girl arrives at a gaff, and she's in town for to for a job interview, and she arrives at the gaff, and there's Georgina Campbell. Georgina Campbell. Um, I've seen her in something. I don't know what I've seen her in. Yeah, she's a very recognisable face. But she shows about this Airbnb, and it turns out there's a guy already there. She was in Bird Box, yikes. Um, there's a guy already in the Airbnb, and they're very confused. Um, and it's a dark and wet night, and she's all alone by herself in this strange town called Detroit, um, in this like run-down area where the houses get sold for like minus $50. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so, like, immediately, like, I knew there was, there was something about... I, I, I'd already know the film was, like, going to go in some other direction. But, like, it, if you're just watching the film fresh, for the first half an hour, you're like, okay. It's, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see where this is going. Yeah, this guy's a creep, or he's yeah, lying, or, you know. Yeah, because he's doing the whole... They, they fake it out, where he's, like, kind of, like, this smooth talker, where they have, like, these weird commonalities. Like, he's in this, like, avant-garde jazz band and she's like a journalist looking to write for like a magazine yeah. that will investigate avant-garde jazz bands in yeah. the Detroit area you're like alright oh, I see I see um, but it, it like it doesn't go in that direction like they just get along really well Yeah, she stays over the night I think what's really good about that scene is like cause like he's trying to like he's like well no come in cause it's fucking pissing rain and you've nowhere else to stay and there's a mess up here with the booking. But, like, he's trying as hard as possible not to come across as creepy. Yeah. But as a result, comes across really fucking creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's just, like, earnestly trying to be, like, I, I'm trying to make you not be uncomfortable. But by doing that so outwardly, like, it's it's making... I'm the, drawing attention to the fact that this is really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the audience is, like, like we're watching this. I'm like, I see what's going to happen here. Like, this is this is telegraphed. Yeah, but it doesn't go in that direction. It doesn't I, go in that direction at all. I remember listening to a podcast before, and someone was talking about this film, and they're like, "Like, I don't know what I would do in that situation if I was the guy. I don't know what I would do." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking, like, I think, I think we're all thinking the, the same things. Like, yeah. What would you actually like? Like how? Like as a fellow, like what would you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, take the couch, 
make the offer, bottle of wine, bit excessive. Yeah, don't do that. Bit excessive. <laughs> but then, like, he even does the whole thing where, like, I'm, I'm going to open the bottle of wine in front of you so that you, you know that it's not spiked. Yeah. Or it's like, you shouldn't say that. Just don't offer the wine. Yeah. Like, here, you open the wine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's you know it's it's nice in retrospect because at the time we're like something's up here, something's off. This dude is Pennywise. This dude's a freak. Yeah, don't <laughs> trust him. He's that clown guy. Um, but it, yeah, it turns out it's not going in that in that direction at all. I actually forget how they figure it out, but the, it turns out there's like this weird fucking basement area. Yeah. So uh, from memory, from memory, her door opens at night. Mm. And she looks out and he's still fast asleep and she's like, oh, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah. And then he goes missing and she can't find him anywhere. And then she starts wandering around and she finds a door in the basement. And there's a weird fucked up room with a camera and a yeah, bed. Yeah. And then she keeps going down the tunnel. Yeah, no, she finds the the, the, the room with the like this, this like piss stained mattress with a camera pointed at it. Uh, it looks like, like Joseph Fritzl kind of stuff. And she goes back upstairs, and he's there. Um, and she's like, obviously, like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. there's something weird is happening in this house. And there's, like, some really, like, there's a bizarre room downstairs. We need to leave. Like, which is perfectly reasonable. But he's also, like, perfectly reasonable response. He's like, all right, let's just, like, calm down. Like, we've nowhere else to go. Um, I think it was in the middle of the night as well. Like, I'm just going to, I'll go down and check it out. And, like, you wait for me here. Like, please. And he goes down, and he goes to check it out. And... We only see him one more time in the rest of the film, which is just such a bold move for a film to make. For like yeah. your most famous, yeah, like presently your most famous actor in the film. Because yeah. at that stage, you don't even know that Justin Long comes into this film. Yeah, this yeah. is nearly an hour, like nearly an hour in, yeah, or maybe forty-five minutes in, like halfway through the film, and you kill off your main guy. <laughs> that, that fucking bit is so good as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, because she she follows him back down, and there's this whole other area. There's like a secret room off of the secret room where you open a door and it's like it's like the conjuring fucking it's like the conjuring stairs. It's, it's like, just it's black hole. Yeah. It's like it's like you see like the you know, the, the earth around it. Like this is just like uncharted territory, but there's some there's sounds going on down there. I can just hear him be like help help It's like is this a trap? Because you you can't see yeah, like what's so happening in this Because this is just like he's still he's in on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think he's in on it. Um, he's like it's it's just really good at keeping you guessing as uh, what's going to happen, which is just very rare. Like it's very rare yeah. for a film, for a film to be able to do that. And she goes down the stairs and she's like panicking. It's very well done. She's she's freaking out obviously because she's conscious of like the, there's the the door down to the this dungeon area also closes like very mm-hmm. uh, very it just, it just closes automatically and then you're locked in. And um, she she goes downstairs and she finds him. Um in the darkness like through shouts because he's just like he's like crying out for something terrible seems to have happened or something terrible is about to happen to her you're not really sure mm-hmm. like, she's just fumbling around the darkness who's who's the who's the prey in this situation yeah like what exactly is happening here and then all of a sudden he just he just like emerges from the darkness and he's like pulling her in 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 towards the tunnel she's he's like we have to go here we have to co- go deeper into the tunnel She's like, what the, why? Like, we like we need to we need to leave. We need to get out of this gaff um, or house or whatever. And uh, he's like, no, like something bit me. Something bit me. Like, we need to leave now. We need to, like, go in the other direction. She's coming from the direction you want to go in. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's just like a hand comes out of 
out of the darkness, grabs his head and starts like slamming it against the walls. Like, <laughs> and it's just like he's bloody. You can see his like like his skull like caving in. So what the fuck's happening? Yeah, here? This what fuck, is this film? Yeah, this like fucking huge woman just yeah. grabs him. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that? It's not hinted at at any other point in the film. Um, uh, and then it just it, cuts. Yeah, it's just a, it's a great <laughs> like it's such you could. It's just it's just so I just really liked how well done yeah. it is. The first I think the first like forty minutes of this movie are fucking like perfect, literally perfect. Rest of the movie is like yeah, pretty good. But like that was that first like 40, 45 minutes. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it's like it's just it's just peak. It's peak. I I like the rest of the film. It is more jagged and uh, a bit more inconsistent because of the fact that it has less time to tell you know the media parts of the story yeah um and like wrap it up for like what is a very complicated plot and it also time jumps like three or four times because mm. like after the cut where scars guards character dies um completely unexpectedly suddenly we're back in we're in 80s reagan america where we're just following this guy around like this middle-aged man and he's going about his life um you know just you know white picket fence two and a half kids He's got his little bungalow in the suburbs. He's like the prototypical American man. Mm. Um, you know, family values, all that stuff. But he's, he's, there's something off. There's something, It's the guy from Mandy. It's the villain from Mandy. Yeah, it's like, oh, this... It's like this guy's face. Yeah. He's clearly a villain. And just the, the way it's done, it, it's it's nearly done like a... It's like a fallout kind of like cutscene or something like that. Mm. Like, it looks like this, like, nuclear... Like... I don't know. Like, come home, my darling. Come home, my baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it has that vibe to it, but it's also done in like it's nearly like you know, like Elephant. Yeah. Where it's 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 entirely third person perspective or like a video game. Yeah, yeah. It's just behind him and track tracking shots of him the entire time. Comp- like stylistically, totally different from the rest of the film. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I thought I loved that part. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was very interesting. And he goes into the woman's house and he leaves. The, he's just like, oh, I'm here to check whatever. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, fine, yeah, sure. It's the fifties, like you know, no stranger danger. Yeah. And he just like unlocks the bathroom window, and he's like, yeah, everything's fine here. And yeah, he yeah. He poses as like a, a boiler man or whatever, or a, a council worker, and gets into a, a gaff, unlocks the door, and then leaves. And then he drives home. This is it's just him going about his his, his daily life. Drives back to his gaff, and goes inside. And we can see that's the same house mm-hmm. that the main characters were in just before this scene. Um, gets to the back of the of the of the house, opens the door where the bedroom is, and you just hear screaming like a woman screaming, and he shuts the door, and the scene ends. So, it's like at that point, it's like what is this film? Yeah, what's it's like going- this this guy is a serial killer, but what the fuck was that thing down the tunnel? Yeah, like, what was that thing? And the, it is all eventually you know explained as to what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like because they really build up as like as well that. I can't remember someone says someone says something or like she reads something somewhere where it's like the woman in the in the tunnels isn't the real monster down there. And when I heard that I was like, Whoa, what the fuck is gonna be down here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it then it's revealed that it's your man and like he's been this like serial killer rapist all throughout these years and you know, the woman the woman that's in the caves isn't the real barbarian the barbarian is him and also just men in general because like you get that the scenes with justin long's character that he is a 
fucking yes. scumbag. Justin Long just comes into this as like a minor celebrity who gets me tooed. Or not, he doesn't get me too. He's just a rapist. Yeah. It turns out he's a rapist and he has to deal with the fallout for his career and he's losing loads of money. He has to pay for the trial. So he decides to sell off his Airbnbs. One of these Airbnbs is the one, that we're, that's, the, the one yeah. where the story takes place. And so he ends up in the house and it all goes tits up from there. He ends up in the tunnels. He finds the girl and they have to deal with, you know, whatever the hell is happening. With this this crazy like eight foot bizarrely like eight foot tall monster woman, yeah, and then he finds the serial killer as well, um, and was it the serial killer commits commits suicide? Yeah, because he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to call the police. And he's like, yeah. you know, okay, me, because he's still yeah. he's like bed bound and all fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, yeah he's on the verge of death, and he just he show he points out a video cassette, and just along just takes it and like puts it in, and it's just it's a video of him killing like a young woman. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Like, you're a sick bastard. And then your man just picks up a gun, shoots himself in the head. Like, again, so what the hell is happening here? Yeah. What is this film? And the the, 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 the part where they escape and they end up out in the street. That's my, oh, that, yeah. that, that is one of my, because like, that could have gone so wrong. Yeah, it could have gone. It could have been too bombastic. It could have been, the CGI could have been a bit dodgy. It's all very low lit. It's like, it's at night. Mm. So it really works because the CGI is amazing for the monster woman. But they do make it work with their the, the surroundings, you know. That the bit where she's falling. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. laugh at that? No. Oh, yeah, but I it, it looks, it looks, yeah, it looks. It just looks so like just yeah. the the jump is just so. It, it looks like a frog or yeah. something. Yeah, it just um, it looks silly. And then Justin Long, because you think like Justin Long's gonna like not like redeem himself, but he's just like, oh, like we can get out of this and then he just like shoots her to fucking yeah yeah. well (laughs) like i'm gonna run and save myself yeah and he gets fucking mangled as well yeah she 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 grabs him by the head and squeezes his eyes and he like rips his skull apart the gore is very good in this movie it's very satisfying it's very satisfying I, i love the part where uh so like they escape out onto the street and the homeless guy who warned who the, the the girl character was afraid of at the start mm. of the film and who warned her basically about the horrors of the house. house. Yeah, don't don't go in there. There's worse things in that house. Um he collects them outside, basically, and he brings them off to a safe a safe spot by the water tower. And they're like they're like they're like recovering and like thinking of what to do next. Like, are you are you sure it's safe here? He's like, Oh my years, she, that bitch never bothered or never never tried her hand at coming towards these parts. And then she just steps out of the bushes and like rips them apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I laughed so hard. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, there's so there's not a comedy with just like people dying really abruptly in this movie. It's like he's like the he's like the good guy. He's like the savior character. You're not expecting that at all. He just steps out of the bushes and just ri- like rips of limb from limb. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like she she never dare come out here in these parts. Ah, it's You're so fucked good. Up. Yeah. yeah. But no. I, I love this. I thought this film was good. Yeah, same. I, I really yeah. love it. Really it's just a good, good, solid. It's not going to like make waves for decades yeah, into yeah. the future. It's just a good, it's solid just, horror film. It's just a, a wild ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I really I like, enjoyed it. Not, like, I think the film does have stuff where, like, you know, men are the real barbarians and stuff like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't really go into, like, it, it goes into it, but it doesn't go into it massively. Um, yeah, it's not like, uh, it doesn't. It's not, it doesn't have some, like, you know, crazy, you know, thought-provoking subtext to it or yeah, anything like yeah. that mm-hmm. um which i think like if that if this film had that and like you could rewatch it and, like there's all these little you know, hints and stuff like that to yeah. like you know some deeper meaning it doesn't have any of that but like just as like a 
a wild ride is fucking it's such a good horror film for yeah, that yeah wild <laughs> and ride. fucking scary as well for those first 40 minutes yeah it is it is actually genuinely like you're kind of on the edge of your seat because you're not sure what's going to happen yeah because it, it just goes in different directions so yeah I, I enjoyed that yeah I enjoyed that should have watched it sooner yeah should have watched so it sooner good watch good watch speaking about women in <laughs> cinema <laughs> <laughs> Talking <laughs> 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 films with feminist subtext. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't even a twist. That was a fucking right hand turn as well. Uh, yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Where's this podcast going? <laughs> I saw poor things. I saw the new uh, lit. Yorgos Lanathim. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, 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 Whatever the fuck his name is, <laughs> the Greek dude. Yeah. Um, saw his new film starring Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, and other people that I don't know the name of. And uh, yeah, this one is getting like big hype. Like mm. I think Emma Stone won uh, a Golden Globe for this. I think I'm gonna see if she won a Golden Globe. She should have. If she ha- if she didn't, she should have. Uh-huh. Um, and it's I've heard all this stuff about it. It's like oh, it's just a, this fucking crazy fucking movie that's really good. But I didn't know anything about it. And then I heard, oh, it's like a, it's like a, a spin on Frankenstein. I was like, ooh, that sounds good. And you know, sat down, watched it, and huh, wow, like came out of this movie. And my number one thing was Emma Stone is probably the best actor working today. Like, oh, oh. like just like you just think about like the films she's been in, like stuff, other shit she's been in. Like she's great in La La Land. She's great in um. In this, she's great in uh, the favorite. She's great in um, what's another recent Emma Stone movie? <laughs> Spider Man Two, Easy A, Spider Man Two. Oh, Easy A, yeah, underrated. Um, what other shit has she been in? Oh, wait, I'm I'm gonna cheat here because I'm making this claim, but I can't think of any films that Emma Stone's been in recently. Um, she was in Cruella. Oh, she's in Birdman. She was in that Cruella. Okay, whatever. Um. She's in the help. <laughs> the help, remember that. <laughs> um, but no, man, like she is insane in this movie. Holy shit, Emma Stone, like, hundred percent needs to win an Oscar for this. If she doesn't get nominated for this film, fucking disgrace. Genuinely, <laughs> fuck the Oscars. If Emma Stone doesn't get nominated for this, this is film. the final straw. I'm telling you, I'll never watch the Oscars again. She plays this <laughs> I, character. Have we ever watched the Oscars? No, never. I've never <laughs> sat down and watched the Oscars. <laughs> Who the fuck's doing that? Um, she plays this character, and like, I'm gonna go into like, like minor spoilers for the film, but like, it's not majorly spoilery because it explains what it is like in the first like 20 minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. She plays this character where they took the brain of a baby and put it into the body of a woman, and this is the result. And Willem Dafoe is his name is, I think he's just called God. She calls him God anyway, and um, he's taking care of her. He has like this like disfigured face, and he's taking care of her. And he brings in uh like a college student in the you know surgeon lecture shit whatever the fuck he does, uh to come in and take notes on her and watch over her and to you know write down her her progress. So. He's like she's she's in the early stages of development right now. She's a baby, basically. She's yeah. mind, she's body of a woman, but she's a baby. And like she's like eating food, and she like spits out. She doesn't like it. She can't really talk. She can't really walk properly. And basically, what happens is it is her progressing into 
like adult woman. But like you know the way like in Frankenstein Frankenstein is like I can't remember at the start of Frankenstein's like this, but you know, the later stages when we actually get Frankenstein's perspective or the monster's perspective mm. is he's really philosophical and he like thinks Very about wise, yeah, yeah. yeah. She turns into that like pretty like not like quickly i think the like again this is why i think that emma stone is amazing in this film the progression of her and like her brain developing isn't like she's like dumb in one scene and all of a sudden she's really smart mm. she's like slowly you know realizing and growing up and like having these ideas and having like she starts off being like everyone's really good and everyone's really nice and uh, when she you know eventually develops being able to speak mm. And um, she, like, then learns about the cruelty in the world and, you know, starts to, like, philosophize against things, uh, becomes friends with all these wide range of characters that all influence her and have all these other discussions about philosophy and, like, the state of the world. And a major thing in this film is that, she obviously this film is like 1900s or like no 1800s it's like set in like 1800s mm. um and there's bits where she walks out in lisbon and she is seeing the world we're seeing the world through her eyes and it's like bright colors and like there's like flying machines in the sky and stuff like mm. that and like it's a fantastical world and that slowly stops being the case like we see the world from her eyes still and it's no longer like that. Mm-hmm. I think what I think exactly what happens is like it's black and white until she leaves. So basically, she's lived in this house like with the baby brain for like however long. Then she leaves and she goes to Lisbon, and then we're in color, and she's seeing the world in all these fantastical colors, and the color is constantly popping. And then later on in the movie, the color like drains, and we become more realistic, and like she's, you know, she's a woman. Yeah, <laughs> all grown up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's all Rugrats growing up, and um, <laughs> shout out to anyone that remembers that show. Great movie. Um, great show. Great show. Very good show. Great show. Um, but like, it's oh, there's just so like so many elements of this film that are just like like it's beautifully shot. The acting's great. There's all the stuff about um, like she, because she hasn't grown up in this society, like like other people around her she questions a lot of things mm. and one of the things that she questions is like well like it's it's my body why can't i do whatever i want with it and there's a lot of fucking in this movie there is so much fucking in this film and some of it's a little bit questionable because what happens is is she got the baby brain yeah at the start of the movie she got the baby brain and there are men that are like you are a beautiful woman and like she can't, you know, she's innocent. She's very easily manipulated and they really like that about her. Mm. And some men take advantage of that. In fact, like, in fact, I was actually argue there's like two dudes in the film. Mm. They are both taking advantage of that one much more explicitly. And one later on is like recognizes like, yeah, pretty fucked up that I did that. But like, I still like, I loved you then and I love you more now because now I know you know, you're an actual woman now, so, like, I do love you now. Still a rapist. Still, he actually, he actually didn't, to be fair, but he want, he, he wanted to. Um, <laughs> and it's just, like, uh, you know, it's, and, like, the other men 
who wanted liked her as this simpleton, you know, kind of character, mm. don't like when she starts to recognize how much of a fucking weirdo loser that he is, and he, you know, starts to throw straps and stuff like that, and all this type of stuff. Like it's because like that's such a trope in sci-fi is like this newborn woman where any schlub, any generic dude, mm. they could just be the best thing in the world to her because she doesn't know any better. You know, like there's like that film, uh, Weird Science, I think is that. Ex Machina has that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's a trope in 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 like science fiction. Uh-huh. This film's commentating on that. Um, like, a, like at one stage, she basically is just like, listen, I need money and I want to fuck. How, like, what else am I going to do? And, you know, she starts doing that. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just like stuff like that. And then like, you know, it's I, it's like a feminist coming of age story. And it's just a crazy trip. And the best thing about it, like, because you are in constant fear. And like in the first half of this film, something awful is going to happen to her. I'm going to say, like, just, if anyone's interested in seeing this film, yeah. don't worry, nothing awful happens. Oh, the right. film makes you, like, feel that fear that something awful is going to happen, but nothing awful actually happens to her. Um, like, she is, she is into everything that happens to her. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right? I, I understand. <laughs> um, and, like, yeah, like, and it has that, it's really fucking funny. It is such a fucking funny film. Mark Ruffalo uses the word cunt amazingly in this film. Very rare for an American. Oh yeah, it's wild. They see it yeah. a lot. Like this is like there's like five C bombs in this movie. It's a it's a Irish co production as well. That would make sense. Yeah, all, he, all of his films. His are. films all are. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, because like most of his films were the Irish film board, like like mm. Scone on the Heron. But this film is. Uh, I was just looking at it there. It's a uh, Elements Pictures and whatnot. It's it's a different company altogether. Film 4 are also involved in it. Yeah, Film 4. They're always good. Like, Channel 4 stuff. Yeah. They're always very good. Um, but you must just have a thing for Ireland. Like, because like, IFI didn't... Or whatever. The film board didn't give any money. So, he's just like, I'm going to find a, a different Irish company yeah. to fund this. Why Ireland? I don't know. Greatest Irish film for... 10 years. Every year that he's been making movies, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, just... I don't know what his... Um, I don't know what his ties to Ireland are, but like, I don't know. I'm fucking glad because fucking keep making these movies. Like he's yeah. like a lot. I didn't really like the lobster all that much, but killing of a sacred deer, great. Mm. The favorite, great. Oh, man, Poor the things. Favorite was, was classic. So good. Poor things is better than that. Really? Yeah. I think every film that he makes, mm. I preferred. I preferred Dogtooth to the lobster, but like every other thing is better than the last. Mm-hmm. Like, this is his best film. And I thought that The Favourite was his best film. Oh, I right. thought Killing of a Sacred Deer was his best film when I watched that. Like, every film is just a step up from the last. Mm. This film is crazy. The only... The only thing is that... there's that I have two nitpicks. Oh. Two nitpicks. One is at the start of the film, like, the student character comes in to, like, learn about who she is, and Willem Dafoe is telling the student, you know who this is, mm. but, like, he may as well be looking at the camera and talking to the audience. Like, it doesn't feel natural. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's just too much explanation as to, like, what's going on. And the second thing is, is there's a stage where I thought the film was wrapping up and then a character walks in 
and I literally went, oh, for fuck's sake, this we got 20 more minutes. <laughs> 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 I was like, I thought this film was fucking over. And like, is that, it long? No, like it's it's like two hours, 20-ish minutes. It's not, not for like a, for a film. Yeah. It's not too long. But it, I think the only reason like, like I didn't feel the length at all. I just thought the film, and the film is like, it feels like it's wrapping up. Yeah. Like everything feels like it's wrapping I up. I hate when they do that though. And then it's I like, hate boom, that. you got an extra like 20 minutes. You're, you're like, ah. Like, oh, You've kind of uh, killed the pacing a little bit doing yeah, that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Now, the 20 minutes afterwards, great. But it's just that, like, you know, that, like, minute of feeling, oh, yeah. for fuck's sake, this is still going. That blue, it's, it's not worse. Like, like oh, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save the piss. Mm. And then you're like, hold on a fucking second. I gotta it's hold like, it I, longer. It's like, yeah, no, I can't because I'm going to miss the end of the film if I yeah. go for the piss. Um, yeah. I don't even like what it is. It's not like it develops on the themes any further, but it it's talking about it talks about like who it's another like character thing, where like her whole thing was like, you know, like Willem Dafoe says to her at one stage like you have the body of someone else and the brain of someone else, but you yourself are a new person essentially mm. because the baby brain would have developed in a different body and would have been an entirely different fucking person. Yeah, yeah. And the woman's body that you have is was someone completely fucking different so you are your own person you are bella like you're bella Bax. like that that's who you are mm. so she finds out who the body was beforehand and her whole thing is like there's so much cruelty in the world i can never be that cruel finds out who the body belongs to it's like huh right so the body wasn't someone great <laughs> either Amazing. um i'm not gonna go into like spoilers oh, yeah, but yeah. like it's like at the end of the film it's like Oh, so the body wasn't particularly someone good either, but I'm not that. I'm someone else. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can be good in a world of like cruelty and stuff like that. Very good film. Very good film. Like, if I was to, like, technically this is a 2023 film. Came out here 2024, but technically this is a 2023 film. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say if I was to give like a top five films mm-hmm. of 2023 I would go from number one Spider-Man mm-hmm. this Oppenheimer Barbie can't think of a fifth film but you know I don't know <laughs> something else I Godzilla was. Godzilla oh yeah Godzilla technically yeah Godzilla above Barbie below Oppenheimer oh cool yeah that's a, that's a good list yeah pretty decent list yeah, I actually couldn't <laughs> think of a fifth film for myself I can't, th- I can't remember what came out last year. I saw a lot of yeah. films. I actually did see quite a few films in cinema last year. Yeah, I actually, I didn't see many, you know. I saw a few shy ones. But anyway, yeah, that's a good sh- list. I saw a lot of shy ones. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of more. What did you, Saltburn? No, Saltburn was not top You saw that in cinema, yeah? Yeah, did. Oh, yeah, I, I saw it as well. That's not yeah, top five. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, like, even if, I, I only have four films so far, but I wouldn't put yeah, well, I Saltburn in the top five. It's just because I'm <laughs> sure I saw something else. Yeah, I definitely saw something else. I swear. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a, that's a good top five. Yeah, but this yeah. is oh, tell you. It sounds very very interesting. It sounds very good. No, oh, yeah, this is really really good. This is like mm. easily like one of the if not the for some people best film of twenty twenty three. Yeah, like even like because I was watching the film and I brought Melissa to go see um, King, uh, not King Kong Godzilla. Mm. 
didn't like that movie. She was like, that's the worst one we've gone to see. And I was like, that's, that hurts. We saw some shit films. Yeah, yeah. That fucking hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I say is that I like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, we saw, we saw fucking Cobweb. We saw fucking Insidious 4, which aren't even bad movies. They're just terribly mid films. Um, like, don't do me like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we were watching this film and like the first like few minutes I was like, oh, I think I'm so fucking into this movie. <laughs> and then I turned to her and I was like, what do you think? What do you think? She's like, it was great. I was like, oh, thank fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah fuck. Okay, yeah. I redeemed myself. The relief. The re- yeah. yeah. Like, there's like, there's always like, if I don't get this one right, it's like, I'm going to be banned for the oh, next yeah, three Oh yeah, I can't pick movies yeah, after this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll definitely have to give it a, give it a go. Yeah, so much 100%. hype around that. I've seen so much, so much, so many good things. Lives up to the hype. Very good. 100% lives up to the good hype. Good to hear. Yorgos, back in form. Tell you, man, he's Not like, that he ever fell out of form, but... Yeah, like, the man just does not miss. Yeah, yeah. Man just makes consistently good, if not great films. Like, The Favourite is so good. The Favourite... Uh, man, I watched The Favourite first time on the plane over to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> on the back of someone's head. I was like, I fucking love this. I wasn't even locked. I was like, I fucking love this film. So Whatever good. the hell it is. I didn't I didn't even know it was him. Um, I just It was just something to watch. I was I, I was like I was like laughing. To, I was like, remember we were all separated. Yeah, yeah. On the plane, I was just sitting beside some random people, just like laughing to myself. This is fucking great. I can't remember. Like, is it a bit where like Nicholas Holt turns to like Emma Stone and is like, "Do you want me to punch you in the face or something?" Yeah, like that? yeah it's just so like just little little like one liners. It just it just land. That that it's in this as well. Yeah, yeah, he's a good comic director as well. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I think it's like the off kilter of like because his films are so weird. Like, just random bursts of comedy just fit in really fucking well. Yeah, and yeah. it's the same thing in this film. Like, <laughs> Willem Dafoe burps bubbles. Happens, like, three times. Never not funny. Because it's, like, really drawn out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Remark. Does our recommended film of the episode live up to the hype? City of God. Cidade de Deus by Fernando Morales. Morales, or whatever. 2002 film, Brazilian film, as we're talking about at the start of the episode, one of the biggest, highest profile foreign language films in the Western world by a mile. It's huge. It's massive. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about it. Big old um, movie. Not all the time, but people do talk about it when they talk about foreign language films. Um. So yeah, the tagline I think is good. If you run, you're dead. If you stay, you're dead again. Doesn't sound very good in English, but in Brazilian or sorry Portuguese, it sounds a lot. Brazilian better. Portuguese. Brazilian Portuguese sounds even better apparently. Um, yeah, Buscape. Rocket. Rocket. I don't really yeah. talk Buscape. Like that's the Brazilian Portuguese. Oh yeah. right. I don't think it means like Rocket is just like they just gave him some random name. Mm. Buscape. Buscape was raised in a very violent environment. Um, despite the feeling that all odds were against him, he finds out that life can be seen with other eyes. That's the worst synopsis I've that ever is seen. Not what that film is. That's just not the film. <laughs> it's not like he comes to understand the criminals. Well, I suppose he does, but like, oh no, fuck, we need a different fucking. <laughs> yeah, let's just read out the Wikipedia summary. Yeah, how I'm gonna go to IMDb. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> In the slums of Rio, two kids' paths diverge as one struggles to become a photographer. And the other, a kingpin. Uh, close enough. Yeah, closer. Uh, they're they're really struggling to to sum up this film. I can't really understand that because it is, it's, well, like, it's hard to kind of 
sum up I don't know. in four or five sentences. I feel like you could describe it as like, it's a film about... How would you describe it? Yeah. I would say City of God is... And like City of God is like a specific... It's a specific place in Rio de Janeiro. It's the western part of Rio de Janeiro. And it is about the development of City of God and also follows the characters that have intertwining lives as they all rise up and grow up and fall out fall out and die and love and such and such reproduce it's like it's a crime gangster movie an epic crime drama oh, yeah drama isn't it's like nearly an action movie yeah in some scenes when did snatch come out snatch is 2001 isn't it snatch is 2000 as well like stylistically I'm not going to say it's the same thing. Pacing, those, pacing, yeah. Yeah, those like fast cuts and just like, you know, stuff like that. That's uh-huh. all over this film, but City of God is better than anything that Guy Ritchie's ever made. Yeah, yeah. By a is, fucking yeah. mile. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, like, I, like, this is your first time watching this film. I've, seen I, yeah, I've never seen this film before. In terms of the hype, I've heard a lot about this film. Like, I, like in person, it's mm. quite rare as someone will say to me, you have to watch this film. Multiple people saying to me, you have to watch this film. Even rarer. Um, I eventually did watch this film and I have to say it does actually live up to the hype mm-hmm. not in like a lame kind of way where it's like ah it's pretty good you know Yeah. but in a way it's like I can really see why people would like really really attach themselves to this film and why because it's like it's kind of the Brazilian national film nearly mm. uh, like why it would appeal so much um, in that sense as well because it, it there's such a, like a really there's a strong sense of place and there's such a strong sense of history as well. Yeah. Because there's such a huge scope to the film in terms of time. In terms it spans of, 30 years. Yeah, in terms of characters. Or three decades, not 30 years, three decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's a long time. Um, in terms of the amount of characters, um, it, even just in terms of like... like yeah, Places. As, yeah, as you say, like the actual development of, of the City of God, the, the, the whole kind of setup to the film for the first half an hour... Film's two hours and ten minutes, which is really, like, it's really not very long for the scale of the, uh, which yeah, the film yeah. is, like, kind of operating. Because it's, it's, it is an epic. But the first half an hour, as you said, it's, it's basically about the development, in an indirect way, the, the development of the City of God favela in Rio de Janeiro. And the whole idea of that favela was that the dictatorship in place at the time wanted to remove the slum areas from the middle of Rio and put them out into the suburbs, mm-hmm. which is like a common. It's a, it happened happened in Paris and London. It's like it happens every, or it happened in every city, at some point in time. Brazil, which is quite late to the game, mm-hmm. uh, all kind of always has been, in certain respects, um, in those areas. The film doesn't go into like a lot of detail about the political background or anything like that. Yeah, but it's all very heavily implied. Yeah, and it's literally like if you're a homeless, go live in the city of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then from that point, you follow a group of kids from when they're like playing football in the streets, like five, six years old, and they're looking up to these kind of like you know vagabonds, these like Robin Hoods, yeah, these like renegade teenagers who are like their older brothers and their cousins and stuff, and they're looking up to these kids, and they're just trying to squeak by. They're like they're like dirt poor, um homeless like nearly like refugees from the slums who've been forced out here and they're just trying to make a living but like they, they're robbed they rob they kill they do all these horrible things and it's like the cycle of violence but you can see it you can see that cycle within the span of two hours yeah and how it escalates 
and how it reproduced itself. Because um, the film had a lot of criticism um, in Brazil because of how it doesn't address directly a lot of like the roots yeah, of those kinds of things. But it, yeah. it's it's also like clearly baked in. Yeah. And, you know, because it, but it, it doesn't have to because it's like it doesn't have to. It's yeah. like this is the repercussions of what happens. This yeah. is this is like we don't need to explain the background. This is what the result of of what happens. Yeah, because I could definitely see how someone could watch this film and be like, and have like some like mad racist take on it. Yeah, but that's if you just completely ignore the first forty minutes of it. Yeah, and if you just like, if you only focus on, um, for example, the the aesthetics of the film is it's like it's really highly stylized. Mm-hmm. It's very apparently your man who directed it, Morales, is very. Um, he was a music video director beforehand. Yeah, yeah, you I think you see can that. tell. Yeah, yeah, you can see that. Like, even the, the, the editing style, just the cinematography, it's 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 really really good. It really suits the film, and um, but it's not typical for the kind of film that this is. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he makes it work. But at the same time, you could kind of interpret that as like nearly a fetishization or a stylization of the violence. Mm-hmm. But that is missing the first 30, 40 minutes of the film. Yeah, and just the, kind of the way. The kind of I don't know objective agnostic way it portrays the characters, mm-hmm. like the characters. A lot of the characters in this aren't sympathetic in any way whatsoever. Not at all. But on a broader level, you can you can be like outside of the main character. Yeah, yeah. The, literally, the main character and the character who comes into it uh, quite a bit later are the only two characters in this, and the kids to an extent. Even the kids, you're like, yeah, even the kids. Fuck these kids. Yeah, except for that one scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, a scene. So bad for that little boy. Little Otto. <laughs> no, no, not him. The 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 runs. Oh, when we get shot in the foot. Yeah, yeah, but they're also bastards yeah, as well. The little they're, bollocks. They're, they're there robbing people and like shooting and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, we're gonna kill the boss of the, of the of the slum. And then the boss catches him. He's like, yeah, we're obviously gonna fuck you up. Yeah. And um, but but like you can't sympathize. You can only sympathize maybe two characters in the entire film. But at the same time, even the characters that are clearly pieces of shit. You're like I could see how they how came, this like, happened. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can complete like for example, uh, Benny. You know the character of Benny. He's like the right hand man of those. Yeah, age. yeah. He's a piece of shit. He's you know he's he's a terrible terrible person. But the film portrays him in a very sympathetic light, mm-hmm. even though it also shows him doing these horrible, horrible things. things. Yeah. Um, but like that's that's the kind of that's the way the film operates. It is not trying to make any like solid moral judgments because any moral judgment that does exist is you know, revolving around a much or operating a much higher level. Mm. It's like it's like you you look you step back from the film and like take into account everything that's talked about in the first thirty minutes mm-hmm. about why these things happen, yeah, this how it happened, how, how we got here. Be. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's the story of what's his name, Rocket. Rocket. Yeah, um, yeah, Rocket. He's a little kid, and he his family are homeless or they're made homeless or whatever, and they're pushed out to this new new favela. Um, or this new development called the City of God on the outskirts of Rio de Janeiro. Now it's like a proper like part of the city because mm. it's been built up so much. Um, it still exists. Still, it's still a very rough area. Um, but yeah, it follows him, and he has all his friends. And you can see that this is like this is a it's it's just a very new landscape. Yeah, it's all these like houses that clearly new builds. There's no footpaths. There's no transportation. Yeah, there's a bit where like. And electric poles getting put up and they're like, oh, we're getting electricity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a very, very poor area, clearly, and they have nothing. And they're looking up to their to their brothers and their cousins and the older kids. And the older kids get involved in, you know, robberies and, um, you know, like murders and, you know, just terrible things. And you can see how the kids grow up. 
and they emulate their what their, they see. They emulate what they see, not just because they look up to those kids, but because the conditions around them Offers actually no other alternative. Yeah, they actually get worse as the yeah. film goes on. Like it's not as if they're they're being offered jobs or like a way out or like um, any kind of opportunities beyond what they grew up with. Mm. Like they're, they're, the areas around them are visibly getting worse throughout the, the entire film. And the only way that they've ever observed people rising up the ranks in a social sense or like an economic sense is through crime. These, yeah, through crime, these terrible things. Um, and yeah, there's, it's there's like it's a sprawling story. Yeah, that goes in like because they ten different directions, follows different characters at different yeah, points. Yeah, like it's like like I think like twice it's like oh here's like for example the here's um knockout. Knockout Ned. Knockout Ned. Here's Knockout Ned. We'll come to his story later on. He's not important yet. Yeah. And it's like freezes on him, and then later on in the film, Knockout Ned becomes important, and then we get a, we get his story. Yeah. And we focus on him for like this, like almost montage, but I wouldn't even describe it as a montage because it's like it's not like that quick. But like here's a quick explanation of like what's going on here, and then we're back to this character. Here's what he did after that point. Here's a character that saw that. Let's get his backstory. Quick back to where we're going, and then like the best scene of that is. When uh, Rocket is with his mates, and there's a girl he likes called Angelica or Angela or something. Yeah, like that. Angelica. Yeah. And he wants he likes her, and she wants to have a joint, and he's like, "I can get you a joint off Blackie." And she's like, "Oh, can yeah, you really?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, okay, let me go off and get let me go to Blackie." And he walks into the room, and then it's like, "So Blackie never owned this place. Here's the de- here's the story of this apartment room and how th- this room came to be." Mm. And then, so then, you know, we then fast go back to, you know, this whole story of this room. And then this other character comes in, little Z now, who was little Dice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. little Dice <laughs> was a character that we saw earlier on. He wasn't like majorly in the film. He like disappears for a while. And then, you know, he comes back in like half an hour later. And it's like, little Dice, he's like, oh, little Dice, why are you coming in here? He's like, my name's not little Dice. My name is little Z quick cut here's little here's everything that happened to little z mm. back to here and then uh he takes over and then we get the story of all the other like slum areas and how he was taking them all over and then we continue on it's just like constantly like shifting perspectives to quickly explain these characters uh like their backstories like very quickly like setting everything up but it's like this perfect like tapestry of mm. all these like individuals that came to be in this situation the environment that they're that they're living in and now here's like context that enough context that you need to understand why these characters are doing what they're doing and the knock-on effects that it has on other characters who then come back into the story and stuff like that it's like Mm. oh it's mad yeah it's 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 so well done from like 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 it's called city of god but it's and like Rock is the main character. I forgot his name for a second, but like it's because he's he's the main character and he's the narrator and you follow him th- for most of the film. But the actual place itself is is the, the, main, it, character. Is the main character. Yeah, in a way, like Rocket is photographer uh, in the film. Like that's Just his capturing. Yeah, that's that's his dream, and eventually at the end of the film, that's kind of what motivates his actions, um, and that's what he wants to be. And this the 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 film is actually based on a book by. The guy who Rocket is based on, um, and that guy—it's—it's a—the it's a, film is basically—it's roughly a true story. Basically, a true story. They actually yeah. show footage at the end of the film of the actual Rocket. yeah of the actual Rocket of the actual 
uh, knockout Ned of the yeah. actual uh, Lil Z. It's like it's 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 bizarre, but it's like it's yeah. You know, he's the photographer, and he's really just documenting how these things are like kind of falling into place, rather than telling a like a linear character driven story. Yeah, for like Knockout Ned is a great example. Um, he's actually the only only actor. All the actors in this film were like sourced locally from mm. the city of God. Yeah, and they just ran up. There's one of the actors, Shaggy. At the, he's only in the film for about half an hour, forty minutes. He like his his whereabouts are he's missing. His whereabouts are unknown. They had a reunion a few years ago. He's just like he's never in another film again. And they actually couldn't track him down for the reunion. They don't know where he is. His his family don't know where he is. He's just like missing somewhere. So a lot of these kids were just like street kids from mm. the city of God. Um, who were put together in a camp um, and I did a lot of improvisation classes. So a lot of it is very naturalistic and it really adds to the the effect, of the, the naturalistic effect of the film, the yeah. realism. Um, but Knockout Ned is such a great example of how the film operates because he just comes in very late in the game. Mm. And he's just on the bus. Yeah, he's just there and he's just a victim, a random victim of like a side quest basically yeah. for like the main villain. Yeah. Who isn't like, because Little Z, is such, he's not really a good villain. Because he's not like it's not really compelling. But you fucking hate him. Yeah, you hate him. But like he's kind of like you're fucking like he's like a fly. Like just get away. Like you're yeah. just like a piece of shit. Like he's not, his what are his motivations? He doesn't really have any motivations. Well, his motivations become kingpin. Yeah, yeah. And but like he, that's it. Yeah. He doesn't have. He's, he's like he's he's a fucking incel like loser who just wants to like dominate the space around. But he has yeah. like nothing else beyond that. Yeah. But like that's kind of that's like that's probably realistic. Like yeah, that's how well, it the, works. Because his world doesn't go any further than the city of God. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's all that he knows is just the city of God. So his goal has become kingpin the city of God. And it's like, well, what after that? I was like, well, there is no after that for this character. Mm. All he knows is the city of God. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's kind of, like, nearly predestined to just be randomly shot. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, Knockout Ned's just, like, just a victim of... He's, he's like, characterized as peaceful, like, well-liked guy. Mm. Who's a, a victim of a brutal act? Yeah, it's brutal act, and you're like, this guy, oh, this is fucking awful. And then the knock-on effect of that is he becomes a main player in the war, the gang war that ensues mm. from that somehow over something that has nothing to do with the actual gangs operating in the city, yeah. but evolves through like sheer, like sheer, like stupidity and hatred into this massive, like nearly military style, yeah, gang uh, warfare. Yeah, gang warfare. Um, and he becomes like so well involved in it, but at the same time, he's not like you're not kind of fo- he's not the main character. Yeah, he's, like, he's not. You're not following him, but he's just like this guy who stepped onto the stage for a minute and then he's gone, like half an hour, thirty five minutes later. Yeah. You know, it's 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 done really well because he's not. None of them are the main character really. Yeah. Rocket is just a narrator. Everything that's happening is just what's happened in the city of God. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you know? and even like. I think is like you kind of with this knock the like generational violencing that's going on. Yeah, it's all kids. Like they're all incredibly young. Like if we were to take like the timeline of this film, Little Z is like maybe twenty by the end of this film, mm, yeah. and he's a kid at the start of the film. Like it doesn't like maybe he's probably maybe he's like in his early twenties. Mm. Ah, he's still very young. Yeah. yeah. So like everyone that he takes and invi- that that we see like there's so much violence but the violence is acted by and acted upon children mm. it's all violence amongst children um and it's just like oh it's just like it's 
this is a kind of disturbing film as well. Oh yeah, like this is, is yeah. not an easy watch. Mm. Like because you're just seeing and like it doesn't shy away from showing kids getting fucked up. It like shows you this because that is the reality of what this is. Yeah, yeah, like and it, it's realistic as well to a disturbing extent. Mm. But at the same time, it doesn't not to like uh, I don't know. Some people would have said some of the critics apparently said it was like exploitative, or so. it was stylized, whatever. But the director made the point that no, at no point, there's only two or three scenes in the film where you actually see the act of violence yeah. occur. Everything else is just like gunshots. Everything else is, you. yeah, you can't actually see it. Like mm. it's, it's just suddenly off frame or you just hear it or it's not in focus or whatever. Like it, it's like, like the violence itself, the actual act of like, you know, destruction isn't the focus, but mm. it's more like the interactions that cause. But yeah, like no, it is, it like it's pretty fucked up film. Yeah. It's it's quite a disturbing film, but it's 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 so like fast paced and like um, thrilling to watch. Yeah, that, you know. Yeah, because it's like it's like you know it's two hours, blitzes by. Yeah, it's like yeah. the fastest fucking two hours I've yeah, ever sat down yeah. and watched. Because I was like, I was watching before you came over, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, like say I have like you know an hour left to check and watch like oh you have fucking half an hour left this film's nearly over <laughs> like yeah, yeah. like it just flies, in. F- flies by because it's like so much there's all these different stories and like like just like the and you're so invested in everything because you're literally watching these kids grow up mm. um it's yeah just uh, it's easily like one of the best like films ever made like it's yeah, like yeah. I wonder like if I was making like a top you know 100 films ever made this is like top fifty. Yeah, it's 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 it is pretty up there, yeah. and it's like an it's, important film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is indeed. Who's your favorite? What's your favorite like story in the film? Favorite story? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of them. I like I like Knockout Ned's arc. Yeah, I just like because it makes sense. Has become Batman. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, he's like. He, Everything that he does, you can kind of understand where he's coming from. Yeah. But then at the end, so it starts out where him and his wife are attacked, or his girlfriend or whatever, mm. by a little Z's gang and a random act of violence. And he's like turned against. It's, like, it's the whole dynamic throughout the film where it's like just these small things. And suddenly you're like, yeah, fuck that cunt. What gang was he in? I'm joining the other gang. Yeah. And he, like, he's a principal guy and he's kind of like they have to no violence against innocence yeah like they, they kind of have to convince him to join Carrot's gang which is the Little Z's rival gang and then for for like a year it's it's said in the, the narration he's nearly like he's like co-boss of mm-hmm. this gang um, and he's doing like you know uh, you know bank robberies and stuff in the course of bank robbery he kills a guard he like breaks his own rule and then you know was it 10-15 minutes later it turns out He's like, it's it's this big showdown between the two gangs. Mm. One of the kids gets shot. He goes over to go help the kid. He has this. He even he, he tells Carrot to fuck off. Like he's trying to help this this kid who's injured on the ground, and he leaves to go get help. And the kid shoots him. He's like, oh, you killed my father. That's ex- explained through flashback. It's just it, it's, uh, but it's not as like as dramatic as I just said it there. Yeah, you know? no, it's, it's, it's way more subtle. Yeah. Uh, but but it's like, it's, 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 it sums up the whole film, I think. Yeah, like... Just purely random, like, just senseless... Like the knock-on effects that violence yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like knock-on Ned's one. Yeah, knock-on Ed's good. Yeah. He's, 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 what was your favorite one? The apartment. I just love the... The whole, yeah, the whole backstory. Yeah, just yeah. like... Just even just the the, the, 
like the story of the apartment is like mm. yeah so this woman owned it and she got taken over by this dude and then he got busted and his best his favorite drug dealer took over and Carrie didn't want it anymore so he gave it to Blackie and now Blackie's gonna take it over by little Z mm. um, just like that it's just, oh, just like, that's yeah. like literally like four minutes in the film right. I was like here's all, all the context you need for like this apartment that is cursed mm. it's, it's like dizzying dizzying for a bit and even like the the runs like that that whole thing of like this like these random kids that show up into the movie and they're like yeah they're little bollockses and so Lil Z's like whole thing is like you're not allowed to rob in my favela you know in these slums like I'm the lord don't do anything like that these kids come in they don't respect the law of the slums they attack a place he they you know he shoots two of them in the foot and then gets another one executed and he's like are you going to fuck off and you think that's the end of it and then at the end of the film the runs come back yeah. and they're like hey Lil Z bang yeah 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 that was very satisfying yeah he should have died more brutally but yeah <laughs> fucking piece of shit yeah uh, it's uh, even the where the end of the film where Rocket decides he has the photos he's the photographer he's got the receipts yeah he has of the cops yeah so Lil Z and Kara get arrested at the end uh, Cara gets carted off to the to the station to get you know photographed for the media. Uh, little Z gets taken off to a side alley and like basically told here pay us off and just fuck off back to your mm. back wherever you came from. Rocket has the receipts. He's he's got the pictures. He's got everything, and then he sees the kids kill him, and so he has the choice between giving the photos of the dead body or the corruption to the to the papers, and he goes with the dead body because yeah. it's more sensationalistic and like, safer that's, for him. And safer for him, yeah, because like the the the, the, the police p- will come after him. The, yeah, the police are the biggest gang, basically, mm. is kind of the implication at the end of the film. Um, I I thought that was that was deeply disturbing, but yeah. also um, makes the point very well. Mm. Like the actual point of the film, like it's not this stylized kind of, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Guy Ritchie kind of, oh, we're going to get the, we're going to take over the favela kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah, It's not like fetishizing any of this stuff. Like, it does actually, like it's nearly, it's not knocking you on the head on it. It's just, it's very clearly saying a specific thing about yeah. what's happening there. And even like, then at the very end, when the rocket's walking by and the runs are walking by and the runs are talking about like, yeah, we're going to go off and we're going to kill this person. We're yeah, going to take this place over. And it's yeah. like, oh, this isn't like, this is the end of the story for these characters but the city is still there and this is, mm. it continues on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The story keeps going. Yeah, it, this will just con- like continually happen. There mm. will always be children that we brought into this mm. and then they will grow up in this and then it will just, you know, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucked up. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a movie. What a, an epic movie, you might say. It's better than an epic movie. It's, it's an actual epic. Yeah, it's an actual epic yeah, fucking good pick, Mark. I haven't seen this film in so long. I remember watching it years ago. I'm really liking it. Um, then kind of like more or less kind of completely not forgot about it, but for like remember being like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. Mm. And then rewatching, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is really fucking good. Oh, this yeah, is yeah. really fucking good. Yeah, I'm glad I watched it. Glad I watched it. My recommended oh. film for episode one, three, two will be the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. What's this? This movie, The Potty. Shout out The Potty if you're still listening. I don't know if you still are up to this stage, but... <laughs> this movie, The Potty, recommended. 
to us way back, ah. saying that we should watch this movie. And I put it on the watch list, and I never th- like was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then you know that uh, that YouTube channel, um, Cinema Car- Cartography. No. So this, you know, pretentious. But I'm gonna say pretentious <laughs> film <laughs> channel. Yeah. Um, it's where I found out about uh, on the Silver Globe as well. So from ah. them, I was like, right, yeah. Um, the guy that ran that channel did like top t- top thirty greatest films ever made. And at the start, he's like, this is not my list of favorite films. These are the films that I think are the greatest. Okay. Now, some of my favorites are here, but this is the list I would think if I was to make. And this list could constantly change. But this film was like in the mid-teens. Yeah. So. Sign me up. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like, Potty recommended it. If Potty recommended it, I'm uh, sign me up. So, yeah. The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Um, 1989, Peter Green, Greenaway. Has also directed a bunch of films that I've never seen. So, yeah, there we go. What's it about? The wife of an abusive criminal finds solace in the arms of a kind, regular guest in her husband's restaurant. Lust, murder, dessert, bon appetit. So vague, yet yeah. so appetizing. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to be hungry watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be like The Chef, won't it? It's kind of like The Chef. Is that a John Favreau movie? Yeah. 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 Really hope it's not like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen that film? No. It's such a weird it's, movie. Uh, it's in it's in a kitchen, so it's probably Yeah, or like what's that what's that? Um Burnt? Burnt, yeah. The fucking I don't know that one. Bradley Cooper cooking movie. Oh no no. Yeah, it's like that. high stress environment because it it's just a restaurant. blends into all those films. Yeah. yeah. I wanna see Boiling Point, but Boiling Point is like all one take. Um Gordon Ramsay like. Yeah, it's got mm. fucking Stephen Graham in it. Stephen Graham. Yeah, you know that little scouser actor. You definitely do. He's in this. Is oh show yeah, 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 I do, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in that. Yeah. Um, and that's like a one take film, but it's actually one take. Mm. It's actually done in one take. Yeah. It's yeah. not you know fake cuts here. It's actually done as a one take. Um. Let's watch it. Let's do a food themed episode. Yeah, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> we'll do uh, what's that film called? Oh. But do bones and all as well. <laughs> yeah, food fight is it the one where you know, the CGI one? Oh, Lindsay Lohan, yeah. Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, the movie's fucking awful. Yeah, we do that. We do different things. Did you see um, that Society of Snow? Remember you talking about that film about the yeah alive yeah alive yeah. They, they made Netflix is coming out with another film that's about that story again. I I, I did see that on on the Netflix. It's meant to be really page. good. Yeah, I, I I yeah I looked it up actually. I was like, uh, I was just interested. Yeah. And yeah, apparently the reviews are very good. But it's like three hours, something like that. So I, d- I didn't bother watching it. <laughs> but like, because cause I've seen two films about that already. Mm. Like there's two really good films about that and already. There's, well, there's a third, Mark. <laughs> there's also, there's a Seconds from Disaster episode about that, which I also really liked. Yeah. <laughs> this is a <laughs> so, crazy story. <laughs> so I've already gotten everything I needed out of that. But like, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is good. Yeah. I, I, I've seen people just be like, what the hell? How did I not know about this? This most famous plane crash of all time. Yeah, this year. After 9-11. Everyone fucking knows. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows this. <laughs> yeah, like, how the fuck do you not know this? Yeah, it's an insane story. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I might give it a look um, on 1.25 speed, but... Yeah. You know, would you have a look at it? Possibly, maybe. I don't know, it's three hours, so... Yeah, yeah. so... We'll see. All right, we'll leave it at that. All right, good night, God bless. Bye.